0: Hey there, my name is Andy, the founder of the Questionable Endeavor Network. Before you listen to the latest episode of your favorite network podcast, I wanted to let you know about a contest we're running for the month of August. Questionable Endeavor is giving away a $25 gift card to Amazon to one lucky fan. To enter our contest, you need to head over to QuestEndNetwork.com slash Discord. There you'll find a link to sign up for our Discord channel, which is a free chat program accessible through the web or via a free smartphone app. If you're new to Discord, all you have to do is create an account and join in with the hosts of our podcasts and our fans. Once you're there, head over to the hashtag contest channel on the left-hand side, and pinned at the top of the post is a link to a Google Form. Click the form and fill out three simple fields for your name, your Discord name, and click the boxes for all your favorite questionable Endeavor shows. Once you hit submit, you're eligible for the $25 Amazon gift card drawing. The contest will run through August of this year, and the winner will be randomly drawn from all entrants on September 1st. Also, the podcast with the most votes will be crowned the winner of the 2017 Fan Favorite Award. Well, there's no physical reward, it's more of a bragging rights thing. Have your voice heard, and maybe win a bit of extra spending cash. Good luck! And while you're there on Discord, say hello, strike up a conversation, and maybe make a new friend or two. And now, your regularly scheduled programming.
1: This week on The Rundown, Jason's back! my microphone explodes twice and we talk about things that i don't know anything about and also masturbation yeah
2: Mike. Did he say theme song, bitches?
1: I'm so hot, I'm juicy. It's episode 305 of the rundown. My name is Adam. I'm your host. It is Wednesday. What? August second, 2017. Happy August, everybody. Uh, Jason's back. Yes, I am. (laughs) And uh, we are what, like
3: 30 seconds into the show, and it's already better than last week. See how that
1: happens? That's mean. (laughs) (laughs) You were sick last week. I'm glad you're back. Although we're going to talk about things this week that I have no idea what we're going to talk about because I didn't get to watch SmackDown and I don't know much about UFC. But we'll get to that. Uh, Before that, however, we saved this topic for you because um, this is kind of your baby as well. Uh, Two Sundays ago, not this past Sunday at Old Yankee Homecoming with APW, where finally, finally, it didn't rain a single drop the entire day, and I have the sunburn. I'm just saying,
3: I, the first time I've been at Yankee Homecoming, and it didn't rain. And I, so I have the sunburn to prove it. Um, yeah,
1: no joke. But the Sunday before that, uh, the day that I lost my suit, which has now been found, thankfully, uh, El Mundo Fan Fest, the, XT, uh, the Latino Family Fest at Fenway Park, we had 26 matches... It was a free-for-all, and it was an absolute blast. I had so much fun. And I thank you, again, for letting me p- be part of that.
3: Ah, oh, Thank you for helping out. Like I said, last year I got the chance to do a lot of this stuff, so I uh, wanted to make sure that you guys who hadn't been there last year got the chance to do the bulk of the work this year in terms of the ring announcing and get the experience. and. Get to say you did it so i kind of I, I grabbed the, the few things that i really wanted to do and i just kind of let you guys handle the rest and uh you guys all of you who did ring announcing that night did an amazing job picked up the whole show for everybody and uh i thank you guys for that effort uh not only yourself um oh i'm gonna sound like a jerk now because the names are escaping me but ryan andrews um, atley green andrews, yes yes everybody uh, and from them to the referees who don't always get credit for the work that they do. Uh, all the way down, of course, the wrestlers, the boys were great. Uh, everybody worked through some less than advantageous circumstances <laughs> to start the show. Uh, we had we had the entryway collapse, which is not something and, that and happens at every wrestling happened show. Once. Uh, we we had a lot of stuff go down, but everybody was a pro. Everybody got through it. The fans didn't notice a goddamn thing in terms of the chaos we were dealing okay. with, um, which means we all did our job. And uh, it was it was again. I said before. I said, told you going into oh, it. Oh, absolutely. It was be a long day. You're going to be exhausted by the end of it, but you're going to be able to say you did something really fucking.
1: Cool. I had a blast. And that's, that's pretty much how it's it was. So much fun. Yeah, it was definitely. It was. It was not uh it it was not uncontrolled chaos it was it was it was chaos It it was controlled chaos slightly controlled chaos almost uncontrolled chaos but it was so much fun yeah uh ring announcers pick the matches that you want uh but you have 15 seconds before we start so ready go okay i'll do match one you guys choose amongst yourselves
3: Okay, so let me let me take you let, let me break down that fourth wall, take everybody behind that curtain a little bit. Okay, <laughs> so this show, I, I think the original bell time was for what eleven o'clock, yep. something like that. Yep. Okay, so about nine fifteen or so, uh, Bo Douglas, who's helping, who was putting on the show, yep. I was I was helping him out, uh, says to me, "Go by the back, make sure you check the guys in as they come to the entrance, tell them they you know who's with us and everything, and I'll meet you up there and we'll get the card all set." cool no problem so i'm up there waiting done I'm talking to guys as they're coming in and time kind of starts flying and next thing i know jose perez love jose he was a great help to me that day too um comes up to me about uh what 10 10 past 10 something like that says uh yeah bo says you got the card <laughs> like uh, no no actually i don't i have uh, bo supposed to meet me here and uh, basically, I went and found Bo, and we worked on the car. We we figured out where stuff was going to go, and we came up with the card,
1: probably the
3: final copy of the card, probably ten minutes before the yeah. show actually we, set to start. We, so, the,
1: the we the ring announcers were getting it one page at a time. Like here's <laughs> here's matches one through seven. Pick which ones you want. We'll get you eight through to, through through fifteen later. Oh. Uh, We'll so, get uh, you 8 through 15 later. Just let that sink in by yourself,
3: ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. How many... What was it, 26 total? 26,
1: and then I think the Battle Royal, too. So 27 <laughs> total, yeah. I believe. We were, we were supposed to be 11 to 3, uh, and we ended at, what, 4.30? Something like that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so much fun. And I uh, I look forward to and hope that I'm asked to do it again next year, because I just had an absolute blast. Um, okay, the aftermath was less fun for Adam. But the worst part about it is it's my own stupid fault, but anyway. Nobody anyway. really quite understood how you
3: managed to do that. I'm not going to lie to you, but I'm glad it's all resolved now. <laughs> I can uh, tell you exactly what since happened. Since I pulled back the curtain on other people, let's pull back the curtain on Adam <laughs> for a second here. Because, you know how they always say if you're a wrestler, you always have your gear with you because you never know when you're going to need it, right? Right. <laughs> Um, Adam sort of did the reverse. Oh, but... Adam, uh, decided he would leave his gear at Fenway <laughs> Park in case anybody else needed it. Um, so turns out I, I we finished the show at four 30. I helped, you know, say my goodbyes, do a little bit of, uh, talking with people, get in my car, drive home. I, I live about an hour away. I got home about six 30 ish, somewhere around there. When picked up dinner for the family and, uh, as I'm driving back, uh, I get a call or a text. a text. It was a text from Adam, sort of frantically asking if I knew if anybody was still at Fenway. I said, "I have no idea. I've been gone for an hour and a half." Why? What's up?
1: I left my suit. No, the t- the text and, uh, said, "Hang on, let me go back." Uh, shit. I oh, was just go back further. I'm Matt behind.
3: I think we can paraphrase it. It's fine. Uh, so I. You know, called the people I knew who might still be there, and Bo wasn't there anymore. And he said someone else, Dante Luna, who was. Uh, give him a shout out to very gracious, uh, putting that whole helping to put that whole thing together for us and get us in with the El Mundo people and make that happen. <laughs> ex- for two years. The in exact
1: a row. text was "fuck me." I left. <laughs> I left my goddamn suit in the locker room. There you go. <laughs> uh, so for for
3: about a week, Adam is texting me on me on and off about the suit. Uh, several times I said, I'll bet you it's just hanging there still because <laughs> the, there were a bunch of like uh, gimmick lockers that uh, people you know, were using. Uh, and I said, I'll bet you it's probably people think it's part of the display. It's probably still sitting in the locker. Call them and have them actually go look. And then Adam had some
1: fun <laughs> on the phone with the people from with Fenway. Fenway fan services. I called, I called fan services uh, three times in a week. The first time I spoke to a guy who didn't seem to care that much, but said, "Oh, there's nothing in the database, so I'll take your information, and if it if it turns up, we'll call you." Uh, and then the second time, I'm not actually going and looking. Yeah, the second time I called a lady who said there was no record of my first call, uh, and then she randomly transferred me to a voicemail. Uh, that guy actually did call me back, though. The guy who left who I left a voicemail for. Third time I called back, I'm pretty sure I got the same guy I talked to the first time, who told me the same thing, but. That was uh, was that Friday. I think that was Friday. Bo uh, actually posted on the, the the most frantic post I made in the in the Facebook group for the for the Fenway show. Have you called Aramark? Uh, Aramark is of course the company who supplies all the workers for Fenway, the cleanup crew, the vendors, the got people who work in the concession stands, all those folks. And I, so I googled Aramark and I called Aramark and the guy from Aramark goes, "Let me connect you to." this guy whatever his name was uh he's the he's the manager of the champions club and i said oh perfect so i talked to him this guy actually goes to the room and then comes back and says is it a is it a black bag it says outfitters on it's it got men's warehouse i'm like yes he's like yeah well they had to transition it over to the kids clubhouse for the home stand but they just put it in the closet but i have it for you i'll take it up to fan services like oh that's good somebody finally checks the goddamn room and there it was so my crisis was averted. I'm- does
3: it say men's warehouse on it? Yes, yes, it does. Purple shirt? Yep, yep. No, I haven't seen
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you exactly what happened is I got changed, and and uh, Brian Malone was in the locker room. was like, are you going back up to Gorilla? Can you grab uh, me and Davian's shirts? I'm like, yeah, sure. So I ran up and I got those, and I went back, and I realized that I hadn't said goodbye to Dante yet. So I had to run around to find Dante, and then by that point, it was still in the room anyway. Yes there is a time honored tradition in the wrestling business that when
3: you arrive at a show or leave a show you shake everybody else in the locker room's hand it's just a small show of token show of respect to each other Um, that becomes more difficult when there's 120 (laughs) motherfuckers in the locker room no kidding Uh, yes because for those of you who are not aware who maybe didn't attend El Mundo or or haven't heard any of the stories uh, we
1: had 120 wrestlers on that show Again, twenty-seven yep. matches. So it was a yes. It was a big, long day. Now that we've spent ten minutes talking about that, to, yes. to something that probably most of the people outside of the Boston area don't really care that much about, but fuck them. Right. It's my show. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, fuck the fans. That's always a great
3: approach to a show, Adam. Um, uh, we got a couple that get caught up on the side. We got Tron PB on the side, who apparently says Jason with a bunch of exclamation yes, points. Yes, he was very so sad that you were gone last up. week. Uh Matt says Donovan Dijack shirt and gives you applause for that. Uh although he spells Dijack wrong oh, with a Y. Dijack no. does not have a y in it. that's an I right Yes. There. Uh very creative de- shirt designs for Donovan Dijack. I <laughs> was a big fan of his his designs. Some of those he's not gonna be able to get away with with where no. he's going. But, especially uh, especially this one. Yeah, for sure. Uh or the Dunkin' Donuts one. Yeah. Um uh, Tron asked what was the best match of the G1 um, Yeah, Tron wanted us to I talk ha-
1: about that last week but didn't have no idea so <laughs> uh,
3: I haven't I'm haven't not 100% caught up yet uh, to me so far my favorite has been Omega and Elgin uh, because I thought the match was great and the outcome surprised the hell out of me because I did not expect Omega to lose uh, but I am a little bit behind I haven't seen the last couple days where so I'm gonna hopefully get caught up soon and and uh if there's anything that great that's happened since then, we'll talk about it in a future episode. Uh, but yeah, for my money, if you haven't seen that Elgin and Omega match, go check it out because it was top-notch. Uh, what else do we got? Oh, and must have been talking about when you were calling. It says, the call is coming from inside the park. So, <laughs> there you go.
1: Very nice. Very nice. Okay, so that's, that's the chat room. Smathers Lounge. Something, something. Slide off your pants
3: yes yes for those of you who don't know we got so sidetracked so early uh if, if you're watching us live on youtube you can uh, look at the right hand side of your screen we have a box that says live chat you'll see some topics in there and discussion in there already you could feel free to step in step out of your pants grab the oil do what you're gonna <laughs> do and uh, join the conversation and uh as i always say you don't need the oil but it's not as much fun without it so do what you gotta do and for those of you watching, because I have heard this question asked, if you're on the mobile app, you can access the live chat from the mobile app for YouTube. Uh, typically, I think there's a little section at the bottom you have to hit that says live chat. And you hit it, and it kind of expands and opens up. So. Ta-da! Maybe you'll see it that way. So, yes, if you're watching on your phone, if you're watching on your iPad... I don't know about Android, but probably I would imagine if iPhone and Android and iPad have it, that uh, Android will work too. You can not access the live chat from all your mobile devices. So, basically, what we're saying is talk to us because we're very lonely people and we need your validation. The Smathers Lounge on the go. Yes, That's all you need. All right,
1: to the week. Did anyone tell
3: Smathers we moved to Wednesday? Because he's not
1: in there yet. <laughs> we talked. I talked about it last week. He wasn't here last week, but I was uh. posted on Facebook, so he'll learn. Um, okay. So, we have topics. We have topics to discuss. Um So last week on Raw, they announced the shocking, shocking decision to have a fatal four-way match at SummerSlam for the Universal Championship. <laughs> um hmm. This week on Raw, we got uh we got another fantastic appearance from Brock Lesnar and the advocate Paul Heyman, and Paul Heyman drops the bombshell that he knows what Kurt Angle is doing here. He knows this trick, all right? And if Brock... This story that has never been discussed (laughs) up until this point. (laughs) And if Brock Lesnar loses the Universal Championship at SummerSlam, I don't know what I'm doing with my hands here. Uh, If Brock Lesnar loses the Universal Championship... It's gonna be you. ...at (laughs) SummerSlam, he will be done with the WWE forever. Which is a decision that I'm perfectly all right with. Um, I I think it adds an interesting twist to the match, uh, where you know most people were expecting you know this fatal four way as a way to get the title off Brock without Brock taking a pin, because uh, that's what they do for Brock. Um, mm-hmm. But now people are, maybe maybe he does keep it and he does stick around.
3: Well, the other side of it is, and I think from my money I think this is somehow tied to the second thing that we're going to talk about in just a moment Um, I I think this stuff may very well all tie together and we'll probably have to wait a little bit to find out for sure but uh, there's a good shot but yeah it's a storyline that just sort of came out of nowhere and I don't think anybody had hinted at it made any mention of it that there was any reason or animosity or pressure or desire to get the belt off of Lesnar from management and all of a sudden, Heyman was just playing the card like, you know, they were Daniel Bryan with the authority trying to hold him down for months. It kind of <laughs> sort of took me back a
1: little bit. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's not uh, it's not incorrect. You know, They it's it's the big title on Raw, and it just isn't around. So I suppose it makes a little bit of sense in that regard. But uh, But, yeah, a little bit out of nowhere. Yeah, no,
3: it was definitely out of, it was definitely out of nowhere. It was definitely another great promo by uh, Heyman. Of course, uh, of course, as he is wont to do, he just knocked it out of the fucking park. Uh, but all in all, I, I the segment was interesting in that revelation that they're setting up uh, a way for Lesnar to take an extended hiatus, if you will. Mm-hmm.
1: I wonder why he might need an extended hiatus. I don't what know. What could he possibly be doing? That would require him to go away for a while.
3: Well, uh, I guess we're going to jump right into this. Uh, <laughs> for those of you who watched this past Saturday night's UFC card, by the way, one of the better UFC cards I think I've ever seen outside of Tyron Woodley. Uh, if we have, I'm sure we have one or two people who are UFC fans listening to this. Um, that Woodley fight was by far one of the worst fights i've ever seen in my life uh talk about the idea of doing just enough to get the decision and win but yeah whatever he did uh probably cost himself the gsp fight in the process so you know whatever what do you think about that adam
1: yeah (laughs) this is when you yell at me because the last ufc show i watched was the one with (laughs) cm punk on it and then you left after cm
3: punk's fight before the main (laughs) event yes um but anyway, the main event of that show featured Daniel Cormier defending the light heavyweight title against John Jones. Uh, and in what was my pick, uh, and surprisingly the Vegas betting lines pick, uh, John Jones defeated Daniel Cormier for the light heavyweight championship, basically knocked him out on his feet with a kick right to the fucking head.
1: It was a really good fight. Yeah, the way the way um, you were describing it on Sunday, it sounded pretty like a pretty brutal kick.
3: Yeah, it, it was pretty awesome uh, fight all around. But uh, Cormier was very distraught afterwards inconsolable, crying in the ring. I think he was just—I I think he was literally still knocked silly at that point. Um, but Jones grabs the mic, does a big pro, basically cuts a big promo about how you know he respects Daniel Cormier and you know he has nothing to be ashamed of, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, They go and they interview Cormier, and then following that, Jones comes back, grabs the mic, and says. Hey Brock Lesnar, if you want to know what it's like to get your ass kicked by a guy who weighs forty pounds less than you, give me a call or something to that extent. Um, coming into this fight, there had been speculation that Brock Lesnar was returning to UFC, uh, based largely on reports that he had re-entered the USADA testing pool, mm-hmm. the U.S. Anti-Doping Authority Administration. One of the two. One of the two. Um, uh, USADA. If you're a fight fan, that's that's what you know, man. Right. Uh, but. Y- you have to, because he was suspended, he has to re-enter the pool. I think he has to be in there for four months, I want to say, prior to actually fighting again or being licensed or cleared to fight again. So, most people pointing towards somewhere around Christmas or the November show, I think is Madison Square Garden. I think that was one they were talking about. So, there had been uh, speculation that, that Lesnar was going back to UFC. Then... You have a very wrestling promo-esque style mm-hmm. um, call-out, if you will, by John Jones, and it looks like we're sitting here with the possibility of a John Jones Brock Lesnar fight. Interestingly enough, it would probably have to be a catchweight fight because, like, like Jones said, 40 pounds it could very well be 60 pounds. Lesnar outweighs him by, but. Um, I, it's probably the biggest money fight John Jones will ever have, and he's had some big money fights. But this is probably a million buy fight if it happens, mm-hmm. and uh, I'd love to see it. I'd, I'd be very intrigued to see how it how it would play out. I assume uh, they haven't as... fought before. No, they have not. Um, I'm not the you <clears> know <throat> authority on UFC. I, I, I watch the fights periodically, especially the big cards. But I know most of the, are, are the top guys. But uh, the revival. Yeah, John Jones is a guy I'm a big fan of, and uh, I'd, I'd be very, as a fight fan, I would be very excited to see that. But it looks like the the speculation now, of course, based on what we talked about earlier, is that WWE is is manipulating storyline a way to get Lesnar off TV to allow him to go start a training camp for a Jones fight. So,
1: so there you go. So. <laughs> Uh my wife actually asked me this week who, who I think will win the title at SummerSlam and I honestly at this point I don't uh I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. So
3: Well, I mean we'll have a prediction show down the road. We will. But, we'll um, get that <clears throat> I could be Smathers, but I like older women. So you know. <laughs> oh, uh, even other viewers says, getting in on it. And then said, uh, could Elgin win the whole thing? I assume he's talking about the G one and I think from the beginning, everyone sort of assumed it was going to be Omega to set up Omega and Okada. We're going to get that match as part of the B block. I want to say August 16th is that match, if I get the date correct. Uh, so we're going to get number three. We already know we're getting number three. If, Oka- if Omega were to win, it would be number four at the Tokyo Dome in January. Four times in a one-year span. Could be going to the well one too many times. I guess we'll find out. Uh, but it's possible if they wanted to throw a curveball, and Elgin would be a nice uh, replacement to get that spot. We'll see. Who do you think is going to win the G One? Doink. Bad, you, are you, you're bad luck, valet kind of guy. <laughs> <Sure. Kanahashi. laughs>
1: yes. Okay. <laughs> Over on SmackDown, which I did not see because my DVR. We need to get a Japanese wrestling hey,
3: aficionado me. on this show. Uh,
1: your main event on SmackDown was uh, the number one contenders match for SummerSlam for the WWE Championship. Uh, to just to make just to make Troy mad, giving it away on free TV. Uh, John Cena versus Shinsuke Nakamura. I uh, I saw a bit of this match thanks to videos on Facebook, including the spot where Cena gets dropped directly on his noggin. Um, but from everything I've heard, this was a this was a really really good match.
3: Yeah, it was an excellent match with the short amount of time they were given. Mm-hmm. Um, this was again we talked about this going into it. Well, I wasn't here last week. I I don't know if you and Andy really touched on it, but um, this is a waste to almost have this here. It was a match that really should have been given more time, given a bigger stage. This would have been great at the previous pay-per-view to do the number one contenders match. Yeah, at, we, what
1: it was, uh, we actually mentioned that at Battleground. Great,
3: di- great dicks of fire on no. backlashes of Cox. I don't <laughs> Bat- know what the fuck the pay-per-view battle- battleground. Yes, battle dicks. Um, <laughs> at that pay-per-view, it would have been great to have Nakamura and Cena as the headline. You, you would have increased the quality of that pay-per-view sure. in addition to uh, putting something on the line that would be intriguing. Uh, you could have put it in a Punjabi prison. would have made it even better. Uh, nobody would have seen it, but yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to comment on Battleground. Uh, I, I don't want to rehash everything, because people who watched the show last week, uh, suffice it to say, Andy was pretty much wrong about everything. Um, and uh, I guess I'll just go there. So whatever, go back and listen. Whatever Andy said, I think the opposite. So that's... Jeez.
1: Oh, it's heat. It's no, I'm heat.
3: just kidding. I'm, no, I'm just playing around. <laughs> uh, I think... I believe I listened last. I listened to the show last week, and I believe at some point Andy said something about not liking me, and that's fine. <laughs> uh, I'm sure so, he was just kidding. But, uh, yeah, it was basically a, an hour and a half show, and it was basically like 45 minutes of Andy doing plugs for stuff, even though we have a section for plugs at the end of the show. Rare. <laughs> Speaking of which, if you want to plug your asshole with some poetry, go to tinyurl.com slash chase slash distant horizons. Right.
1: <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you, Andy. I just had to, I had to bust your balls a little bit. So so Nakamura gets the victory. Nakamura is going to face... Uh... Actually,
3: allow me to just publicly thank Andy for filling in last week. I did feel like shit, so mm-hmm. I couldn't make it.
1: And uh, he stepped up and, and covered me, so I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big job, but he's a tall guy, too, so it works out. Um, there you go. Yeah, Nakamura wins. Nakamura is going on to face uh, face Jinder Mahal at SummerSlam. For As the predicted originally by this guy. And then uh, on 205. And all of
3: you motherfuckers were going, up, it's going to be Cena and Jinder. Cena's going to win the title soon. No, never made fucking sense for Cena to win that title. You think they're going to make a guy a free agent, allow him to go to Raw, and then put the SmackDown fucking title on him? Never made any sense. All right, Vince. Uh so, goddamn, pal! So, so By the nah, way, I heard some motherfuckers on other shows talking about, oh no, everyone's doing a goddamn Vince impression since Pritchard. I was doing a Vince impression before Pritchard, so fuck y'all. Yeah, you are okay. Vince, so
1: you have the original Vince impression. Okay, fair, uh, it, pal. Uh, Nakamura wins. Uh, then after the show, or well, after SmackDown, but during two hundred five live, uh, we get yeah to live see. on the
3: WWE network, but not advertised that they were kind of doing a post-match on WWE Network. (laughs) So the only people that saw this were the five people who tune in every week for 205 Live.
1: (laughs) Myself no longer included. I haven't watched the show in months because, I I didn't watch this week because I was so pissed off about missing SmackDown. Um, uh, Corbin comes out uh, to to do his thing, and Corbin and Cena get into a a row. Uh, So it looks like that's where we're headed for SummerSlam for those two fellows. Possibly,
3: possibly, possibly. So um, the
1: the 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 thought here from many people is Nakamura takes the title from Ginder, Corbin loses to Cena earlier in the evening, cashes in on Nakamura at the end of the evening, wins the title, and now we continue our Corbin Nakamura feud with the title uh, contained the, therein. The
3: downside to the theory being <clears throat> that uh, <clears throat> Corbin has to be the champion. So I don't know that I'm down for that idea, but mm-hmm. that's that could be where they're going. I'm all right with it. I'm a fan of the Baron Corbin. Um, <sighs> Trot on the side says, "Yeah, that's the theory I said last week, Adam." Baron, did you steal
1: this guy's idea? Probably. I don't remember things. Okay. <laughs> remember <laughs> Troy, I think Troy got mad at me it might have even though. got mad at me once for quoting them on the show and not from the host thread and not knowing who it was, so anyways yeah you you misquote those i do all the time. I do, but uh,
3: yeah, no uh like, a, like uh, I love the match, I think you know, obviously we had that spot that everyone's talking about the reverse exploder, I don't know whose fault it was, cena maybe didn't get over far enough, Nakamura didn't guide him far enough, I don't know, but. Literally dropped him right on his neck, and if it were any other human being right. with a normal person neck, it could have been a partially severed spinal cord, and uh, who knows what would have happened. Uh, if you go back, you can. I'm sure a lot of people saw it live, like I did. But if you can go back, you can watch. And Nakamura at one point stands up and after the match and says, "I'm sorry," uh, to which Cena says, uh, "You don't need to be sorry about anything." And they shake hands, and you know, totally off camera. This so was just two guys. Who had just worked a match and had a botch that could have been dangerous, just uh exchanging in the ring and it was it was good. And for all those people who say seen is a dick, he just got dropped out of his fucking head and his response was you don't have to be sorry for anything. So fuck you all.
1: <laughs> Alright.
3: Uh meanwhile over on Raw, what do you have any interest in seeing Nakamura and Jinder? See, here's why I find this interesting. Yeah. I never, I never subscribed to the notion that Cena was going to be Ginder at the pay per view. That said, Ginder's whole thing has been disrespect by the American heroes, and you know, we, we he disrespected by Randy Orton, <laughs> the American, and did I
1: see know. there was a sign on SmackDown uh, near the front row of the crowd that said "Go Ethnic Bad Guy." <laughs> I didn't see that,
3: but it would be pretty awesome. We'll have to get our boy Henry Huge He's a sign aficionado of this uh, questional Endeavor Network. Um, but you can't really play the anti-American card with Nakamura, because you know, he's Japanese. <laughs> so, which, by the way, happens to be Asian as well as gender. So, the question then becomes, does this how do they build enough heat for this match? You have Jinder, Who's not a great promo and Nakamura in terms of a promo who is, eh, you know, yep. There it is. there It is go
1: ethnic bad guy right behind those of
3: you. Those of you listening to our podcast on iTunes are really enjoying that. Um, but yeah, so it'd be interesting to see if they can between now and, and SummerSlam, which shockingly enough is like two fucking weeks away. I know. Um, if they can generate enough interest and enough heat for this program to make it the match it should be. Um, I remember a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, when creative was very stale, we kept hearing, well, they've got these big, huge plans to make SummerSlam a gigantic <coughs> event, and they're just kind of treading water until then. And if the big, huge plans to make SummerSlam a, a main event, a huge event was um, Jason Jordan versus The Miz. R- and Rusev
1: versus Orton. <laughs>
3: Rusev versus Orton and the Triple Threat with the Hardys and uh, the Club and the Revival and uh, the, the New Day and the Usos if they even make the show and Alexa and Bailey like if that was the that was the big plan for the SummerSlam Super Show I think we can already classify that as a swing and a miss fellas. <laughs> I think, honestly, I mean, the, to me, the thing that you're characterizing this show by so far is the matches that they're not having. The Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon match. And you can say what you want about Shane McMahon as a wrestler, but that would have been a match I'd be far more interested in seeing at this point than the fifth installment of AJ and Owens as much as I like those guys. Uh, AJ and, and Cena revitalizing their, uh, their SummerSlam match from last year for the U.S. Open Challenge. The guy who initiated it, the guy who has it now, would have been a great story. <laughs> Uh, Nakamura versus uh, uh, AJ was another one you could have gone I think that would have been the one everybody would have wanted to see and then you could have gone see an and played the American versus the anti-American card so maybe that's the way you go Uh, I've talked ad nauseum about how I thought this should have been Bailey and Sasha at this show I just feel like this is a card of where the bigger matches are the ones that they're missing and they're not giving us and they could be and just so far I'm just not impressed with how they're putting this card together so far yeah the biggest show of the summer would it be the ultimate thrill ride of the summer <laughs> it could be
1: it might be um, yeah since you just mentioned it let's talk about Owens versus AJ episode 636 uh, on Smackdown this week I heard I heard there was some wonkiness
3: Oh, it was a very, very good match. I, I was really into it. I really enjoyed it. I went into it assuming AJ would, would keep the title. I didn't think they would hot potato it again. Um, hot potato. Yeah, that was... Yeah, okay. <laughs>
2: um,
3: but they had a, an interesting finish where Kevin Owens goes to punch AJ. AJ mm-hmm. ducks. Uh, Kevin Owens punches the shit out of the air, and the referee drops to the ground. The, the spot having been obviously that, you know, Owens was supposed to punch the ref and just missed badly, and the ref sold it because it was an integral part of the match. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoyed
1: I enjoyed Troy's reasoning behind it as well. I, I don't remember what it was. <laughs> the wind monster from Lost.
3: There you go. Uh, I think it was from Final Destination. Yeah, sorry. He covers that's right. On the, um, Slasher Sanitarium. That's right. Lost was uh, the smoke monster, my bad. Yes, yes. Uh,. A more more weirdness in these matches with referees and referee spots because if you remember the pay-per-view there was a spot where the referee got knocked down and then just sort of sat there and stared at the action and pretended he was hurt and just, it was really fucking weird <laughs> if you go back and watch the pay-per-view um, but referees continue to be a problem in this match and now perhaps we have some clarity on why but in any event uh, AJ gets the, the roll up Owens clearly has his shoulder up the referee because he was selling the uh the injury decides to count when he can't see (laughs) which seems like a bad decision if you're a referee uh and counts the three why the fuck he counted when he knew he couldn't see is beyond me but
1: you know hey whatever can we bring Uh, back jimmy cordaris and those scabs from the referee strike in the late 90s i love jimmy Cordero. he's awesome um i don't disagree
3: yeah, he's doing a lot of work. I think he works up in Smash Wrestling in Canada now, actually. Um, but yeah, so a little bit of wonkiness. Kevin Owens is clearly pissed. Obviously, understandably, they gave uh, an actual reason. Uh, he goes to the back, and then after has an exchange with Kevin, with uh, Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan, where he says he the referees are incompetent. He got screwed, et cetera, et cetera. This is the point where I'm looking at. It and I'm like, okay, this is where he's going to hit Shane, and we're going to we're going to kick this thing off. And instead, they give him a rematch with AJ at SummerSlam, and he says he's going to. Daniel Bryan says he's going to make a special referee for the match, and Owens, of course, hoo hoo hoo, and he says Shane, and Owens goes, he's the worst one here. Which I thought was great. <laughs> uh, and then. So the match is made. It's going to be Kevin Owens versus AJ again, and this time with Shane McMahon as the special referee. So it looks like we are still going to build to a Shane McMahon and Kevin Owens program, but we're not having it at SummerSlam. We're going to have it at one of the in-between pay-per-views. they can hold it off. I mean, I suppose maybe they can hold it off to the Survivor Series, but it would be stretching it, I think. Yeah. Uh
1: right. I I wish I'd gotten to see SmackDown. You just went Barry White? Oh, God damn it.
3: (laughs) This is where I have to vamp because Adam is going to have to fix his microphone because it just shorted out in the middle of the broadcast again. Uh, So that's going to lead us to our next topic, I guess, which I'll cover while Adam does what Adam's going to do. We have the triple threat match that took place on Raw, the real main event of the show regardless of the positioning because... Uh, The ratings are starting to display to the WWE that the third hour is a wasteland where a lot of people don't watch. They tune out after hour number two. So if you notice lately, they're putting all the best stuff in hour number two, and then hour number three is sort of like where they just throw the stuff that they don't think anybody really cares about, such as Big Cass and The Big Show in the battle of who gets to use the name Big. Um, So bad. Two guys with the same first name going one-on-one in the main event of Raw. Are you back? Am I? Can you hear me? Nope, you're not. There's no volume at all. Uh, so, <laughs> this is entertaining. Um, so, yes, we had a triple threat on Raw. It was a, the, the uh, uh. Samoan Destroyer, or the Sneaky Samoan, whatever Paul Heyman called him. Uh, Samoa Joe versus the other Samoan Joe, Roman Reigns. And the. in case you haven't heard the monster among men Braun Strowman I think they mentioned it once or twice on the show that so that is his nickname uh they had a triple threat that I thought was very entertaining and uh you wanna try it again
1: I uh, I enjoyed the main event
3: nope no sound god damn uh, they had a triple threat that was very entertaining uh between the three of them there was a lot of back and forth they, they worked all three guys into the match well uh which is not always something uh that they do in triple threats sometimes it can be a little wonky with the ins and outs but they did weaved it in such a way that uh, everyone felt a part of the match and it was entertaining to watch. There were some great spots on the outside uh, where Joe locked in the coquina clutch on Braun Strowman, of course, sort of stretched him backwards across the barricade. Uh, they worked the stairs in a lot, so much so you would think it was a stairs match. No <laughs> Eric Rowan, unfortunately. No. I, I can hear you now, so you're back. Good. Um and in the end, ultimately, it was Samoa Joe falling victim to the spear, and Roman Reigns gets the victory. So, Adam, what did you think of that match?
1: I enjoyed it. I was surprised. Uh, I was firstly surprised that it happened in the middle of the show. I was expecting that to be the actual main event. Well, I've um, just explained that to you, so let's move on. Yeah, and I was, I was, uh, I was happy with. I was happy that, that Braun wasn't involved in the finish. Uh, not really surprised that uh, that Roman went over. I like the match though. I thought it was. uh, I thought it was really good. Action packed.
3: I just vamped for like twenty minutes, and like, yeah, it was good. (laughs) You should know me by now. This is contributions. Um, yeah. So, (laughs) interesting to see in terms of direction heading into Summerslam. Now we have Joe taking losses to Lesnar and. Roman in high-profile spots back-to-back. Hmm. Typically, that would signify perhaps he's walking out with the title at SummerSlam.
1: What's hmm. that about the law of reverse momentum? Hmm?
3: Yeah, I, I sort of doubt it's going to be Roman based on him getting the clean win here. Uh, they could go Strowman. But I, I, think would, there's more I would
1: be perfectly all right with it being Strowman.
3: I think there's more money, though, in building a Strowman first title win for an event like WrestleMania or something along sure. those lines. Um there was but, one spot where the then camera. But again,
1: then again, we said the same thing about Bailey last year, so.
3: Yeah, there was one spot where the camera got really close in on um, Strowman, and it looks like they got a shot of his bald spot. And <laughs> I could just picture Vince in the back going, God damn, pal, get that fucking camera off his bald like No, because that's the type of thing Vince would freak the <laughs> fuck out about. Um, they spent a lot of time and a lot of camera angles avoiding Shawn Michaels' male pattern baldness. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, so uh, I, I like the match as a fan. I just I feel like again, and, and we talked about it before, but it's again another match that sort of gives away some of the specialness of the upcoming pay per view. Yeah, by by having all these guys in the ring. And granted, yeah, which, which is why I, I was
1: surprised that it was actually a match and not just a not just a huge schmoz.
3: Yeah, I and granted Lesnar wasn't in there, and that's fine. But you put three of the main principles in the ring together already prior to the pay-per-view I would have probably avoided that but it is what ne- it is
1: next week we're gonna have a tag match
3: are oh, we really <laughs> I don't know oh, okay just the way things seem to go Lesnar ain't wrestling on Raw Adam Jesus Christ well obviously but uh, Tron says he falls asleep during the third hour
1: and I think a lot of people would agree with that sentiment yeah. yeah it's it's uh, as, as someone who has ADD it's very hard to focus for on Raw for three hours I have trouble focusing on what you talk about during the news segment by on its own. So. Jason died. I died? I don't know, yeah. You're just sitting there in silence. No, I was working on the
0: rundown sheet.
1: Okay, This is my favorite topic on the list. Uh, just because it says Ambrose and Rollins refuse to just fucking get it over with. Um, <laughs> yeah, I... I, I I had a little fun with that. Yeah, angle. They, they they at least they at least mentioned this week the fact that they that they did hug last week, but wouldn't fist bump. Uh, um, but they told you they should just fucking get it over. Exactly. With. I think I've been saying that too. Oh, make out, make out. Um, yeah, and then we had the. Yeah, I think that
3: was my line immediately following. It was like, oh, dude, you, you know they're. They're not too upset at each other to hug, but fuck if they're going to fist yeah, bump. Yeah. Like was, and we mentioned that the whole was angle jealous. was just <laughs>
1: stupid. Stealing things from you in whole cloth because you weren't here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but then we had the setup with the whole uh, 007 thing where Rollins gets all, gets all pissy with them backstage. We get the one-on-one match. Uh, Rollins actually pulls out the victory and then gets the shit kicked out of him, so Dino comes out and makes a save. So they are building towards that tag title match at SummerSlam. Uh, again, anything that keeps Dean Ambrose out of the Intercontinental title picture is perfectly all right with me. Oh. Um, what was that? Yes.
3: Well, we have a couple of uh, – Tron says no mojo on SmackDown. Frowny face. Hooray. And, uh, fuck mojo. I, I, uh,
1: yeah. yeah. No. Sorry, sorry, Tron. Your, your mojo supporter isn't here this week. <laughs> sorry.
3: Yeah, no. You're not getting any mojo support from me. Uh, but speaking of his mojo supporter, Andy checks in on the side. <clears throat> And it says, and he's asking, Tron, do you fall asleep during hour three of Raw or this podcast? <laughs> Sorry, Andy. When I'm on, we like to actually cover the things that happened this week.
1: <sighs> but. Da- Daddy
3: and Daddy are fighting again. Insert questionable endeavor shadow vein plug here. <laughs> um, and then says, just saying hi, guys. Back to writing. And like I said. Thanks for stopping by, Andy. Uh, And then Troy says, yes, I assume, in regards to which of the third hours he falls asleep during. And, you know, that's okay, because by the third hour I've got my pants on, so it's probably parental guidance only. My pants off, I should say. But, yeah, Andy, if you're still there, I said earlier, thanks for filling in for me. I appreciate it. Matt on the side says, best main event on Raw I've seen in a while. Uh, I assume he's not talking about Cass and then uh, Big (laughs) Show, so...
1: (laughs) Um, it was so bad. Did Cass change his it, music this week? I think so.
3: Okay, I thought so, too. I didn't even put it on the list because I could, couldn't give a fuck less of so this. I actually yeah. cared more about Elias, not Samson, uh, <laughs> and Kalisto than I did about Enzo, uh, about yes. Cass and I, fucking Big Show.
1: Yeah, it's painfully obvious that now that, a lot, now that the Finn-Elias thing is over with, they're like, what do we do with him now? Uh, uh, give him Kalisto until <laughs> we figure something out. But my favorite part... <laughs> My favorite part of the Cass versus Big Show match was the very end when Big Show hit Cass with the the knockout punch, and then they both, at the same time and almost I, the exact same manner, fell over onto the canvas.
3: Yeah, I it's didn't like, put this match on the rundown for a reason, Adam. Synchronized,
1: synchronized bumping. Anyways, um, it was awful. It was it, awful. It was yeah. It was not good
3: fucking terrible anyway we're talking about Ambrose and Uh, Rollins and how they how they refuse to fuck Um, (laughs) but this was a recurring theme throughout the show the will they or won't they will they put it in just the tip just for a second just to see how it feels I don't know what's going on clearly we're heading towards tag team title match with Cesaro and Sheamus at SummerSlam Uh, I will give Sheamus credit for in terms of a good line when they were talking about how he couldn't Find anyone to hang out with. They couldn't do an episode of Ride Along. It would have to be Ride Alone. <laughs> oh, that was good. Give him credit for that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I liked. Was Ambrose had another had a great line too? I forget. Oh God, I forget what it was. But I sort of like the way Ambrose is playing this. I'm not the world's biggest Ambrose fan, obviously. I, anybody who's listened to the show knows that. Uh, that's Sal, but I, I like the way he's. I, I like his performance here. And I sort of hope we get to a point. Maybe they win the tag titles at SummerSlam, and Ambrose turns on him shortly thereafter and kind of pays yeah. him back. That would be the yeah. ideal I I've way actually to
1: do it. I've actually been thinking that this week the whole this the whole build to this angle is Ambrose saying that he can't trust uh, uh Seth. Completely blanked on his name right there. Uh, and so the 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 ultimate ending that, to this should obviously be Ambrose turning on Rollins and I think that's uh, I hope that's where we're heading because we've, we've said on this on this show for many weeks now that a, a Dean Ambrose heel turn would be a a good thing for him and possibly interesting so we'll see fingers yeah. crossed uh, Kogo
3: Sean on the side says oh is it that time of the show when the questionable Endeavor Network hosts do a cameo don't mind if I do
1: <laughs> <So> there <laughs> you have it you don't even host a show anymore what are you even doing
3: well, if Sonia, if
1: uh, you know China ever does another porno, there you go. Don't forget, uh, don't forget my suit when you go to Fenway tomorrow. Don't be like me. <laughs> oh, is he picking it up for you? Yes, because he's going to the game tomorrow night. Oh, okay. Anyhew, uh, yeah, the ultimate, the ultimate enemy of this is a Dean Ambrose. Jesus here,
3: Christ! You uh-huh. leave your suit at Fenway, and you won't even go pick it up. Jesus
1: Christ. The problem is that I have a show on Saturday, and they don't open fan services until 4 o'clock, because that's three hours before the game. So,
3: And how is Kogo Sean going to pick up your suit when he's dead? <laughs> this is like uh, fucking the ending of... Uh... I didn't tell you he's a poltergeist? The, su- the ending of The Sixth Sense. That joke would have been a lot funnier if I remembered the
1: name <laughs> of the movie right <laughs> off the bat, but yeah, you know, it is what it is. See, even you screw up sometimes.
3: Oh, I screw up all the time. I just have confidence when I screw up, so it doesn't sound that way. There you go. <laughs> it's all about confidence. Uh, so, yeah, what, do we think that they're gonna they're gonna get the tag titles off of Dublin O Seven? Is that where we're going to go here?
1: I feel like they are because that's the way they typically book these things. Look, these that was, these two guys don't like each other. Oh my right. god, they won the tag titles. Well, we sort of talked about
3: how we think the revival of the next guys to kind of run with those titles, but you need to sort of need to have a face team to get right to that with, and and maybe Ambrose and Rollins provide that kind of bridge face team. Yep, and then Ambrose from, turns um, on Rollins. Right, that makes sense.
1: Ta-da! We just booked it for you, folks. <laughs> we just booked whatever the pay per view after SummerSlam is. <laughs> Goddamn. God. <laughs> Uh, speaking of the Intercontinental title and not Dean Ambrose uh Jason Jordan on ms t v this week gets that
3: uh, oh good God, look, Adam, you can attest I was the goddamn biggest American alpha booster, yeah, love them as a team, yeah, part of the reason I love them as a team is because Chad Gable is very charismatic and entertaining <laughs> Jason Jordan was not. Mm-hmm except in the ring where he is very good Yeah. Uh, so they kind of helped each other out in that regard first off let me just say I'm a big fan of CFO dollar sign love those guys <laughs> Think they've had some great themes uh, I don't know if these are them, if if it's them coming up with Big Cass's theme song and then Jason Jordan's new theme song. This music was god-fucking-awful. <laughs> it was terrible. It sounded like we're, they were in Pittsburgh. It sounded like the Pittsburgh fucking high school marching band was performing this fucking song. It was terrible. Awful, terrible. I would rather him come out to Kurt Angle's theme song. Seriously. Jordan. Jordan. I Jordan. That would have been better, and I think for the gimmick that would... Look, Angle and Jordan are both find themselves in a horrible position of trying to have to sell an angle that everyone knows is complete bullshit <laughs> and try to make it real and try to do something with it. The fans are already rejecting it. No. Jordan is put in a really horrible spot of having to, to do an angle he knows isn't working, but the guys in the back haven't fucking caught on yet. So here he is. He goes out, he, I, he does miss TV... He's not the best promo, and yeah. it showed. It also
1: did luck. not help that he was just calling Kurt, Kurt, right? Not my dad. <laughs> you don't talk about Kurt like that.
3: Well, you know what? Honestly, if you're a kid who's been estranged from a guy and and you don't know, sometimes I, I could envision you would, you wouldn't necessarily be calling him dad right off the bat. That that sort of actually more rang true to me than anything else. Um, but. The Miz did an amazing job carrying the segment, like yeah. you knew he was going to have to do, and that's yep. what Miz does well. Mm-hmm. Um, Bo Dallas traded in his lieutenant Dan Gear for uh, <laughs> an actual suit. It looked
1: nice. I um, did. I did like the the overhead suplex spot into the the Miz charge. Yes. Yeah.
3: yes, that was tremendous. Very well done. Yeah, uh, Jordan technically as a wrestler, no problems. Yeah, it's just. He's not the best promo. He's, he's much better off in a tag team with a guy like Gable who can kind of carry the entertaining, engaging part of that product. Uh, but he's going to have to kind of learn on the fly, and he's doing his best. And it looks like we're headed to Jordan and Miz at SummerSlam. Now, my gut instinct tells me that Jason Jordan is going to be the Intercontinental after, Champion after SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, my gut instinct told me last year that Apollo Crews would be the Intercontinental <laughs> Champion after SummerSlam. And uh, none of that worked out. Apollo wasn't even good enough to make it out with Titus Worldwide this week. So Yeah.
1: But uh, Akira was wearing the new T-shirt. Yes. Good
2: God. Nineteen
3: ninety nine, dollars 99 pal. Goddamn. Go pick one up. Uh, Nobody Shonen, is going
1: to buy that.
3: Kogo Sean on the side just said, Just listen to Jason Jordan's new theme song. Which level from Sonic the Hedgehog did they take it from? <laughs> And then said, "Forget Kurt Angle. I'm thinking his father might be Doctor Robo, Robotnik. Robotnik. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Doctor Eggman. That's a it's reference
1: the, I do not get. It's never his name. Doctor Robotnik was the big bad in, in Sonic the Hedgehog. Okay. I was never. I was more of a uh, Nintendo guy. Yeah. Hey, Sega Genesis does what Nintendo don't. All right. You exactly. Mean, exactly. Make shitty games. You don't talk about Alex Kidd that way. (laughs) Kid Icarus. Kid Dixarus. (laughs) And the the bat. Something, the acrobat. Whatever the fuck that was. Anyways. uh, (laughs) Gable versus Rusev. Another match I did not see. Yeah, that happened on SmackDown. Uh, It was interesting. I think...
3: You sort of expected it to be Rusev kind of getting some of his heat back after uh, losing to Cena in the much-anticipated, very volatile flag match, which, (laughs) by the way, Andy fucking sucked. It was awful, terrible. Um, It broke all sorts of rules, flags touching the ground, which should never happen. Flag matches are you climb up, you get the flag, you wave that shit, and you win. You don't go back up to a podium. It was dumb. It had no place on the card. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, And it did Rusev no favors to lose that match.
1: Uh -uh. Which we said the week before during predictions.
3: (laughs) Right. Uh, That said, uh, Rusev needed a little bit of a comeback. He got Gable had a very good showing and then ended up losing. Uh, But Gable did show flashes of what he could be as a single star, and I think that's Mm -hmm.
1: what we've sort of seen in the last few years. He kept the very good American Alpha music. That was my favorite thing I saw about this match was was Chad Gable gets the theme song in The Divorce. Yes.
3: Well, see, here's the thing, Adam. During the match, I know you didn't see it. uh, During the match, Chad Gable locked on the ankle lock (laughs) on Rusev. So here's my thing, right? We're going to find out Kurt Angle, being the talented coxman he is, <laughs> also banged Chad Gable's mom, <laughs> and Gable and Jordan are half-brothers, and American Man. Alpha rides again, there motherfuckers. You go.
1: There you go. Master but I,
3: coxman at Kurt Angle.
1: But I thought, uh, I thought Daniel Bryan was Chad Gable's dad, because he was a very virile five-year-old you think we can do uh, Master Coxman as a
3: title, or you think iTunes
1: won't allow I that? Might, uh, I might be able to make that work.
3: Yeah, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> speaking of which, uh, RIP to smacking talk, because yeah. uh, it's been canceled. I don't think anybody that saw that thought that was going to last very long. No. Once, uh, once the office caught wind of that, I think we all knew they were going to shut that shit down pretty quick.
1: Oh, but it was so funny.
3: I, I am your dad. Hooray! But what are they going to do with Tout now? That's the real question. <laughs>
1: uh, I think Daniel Bryan...
3: And there you go again.
1: Motherfuck.
3: And now you're Barry White again. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're having technical difficulties. We're having more technical difficulties. So, yeah, Rusev, uh, Rusev defeats Gable... Uh, in the process of defeating Gable, uh, celebrates, grabs the mic, cuts a little bit of a promo. Uh, Rusev almost seemed scared and surprised that his music hit at one point, but later on, Orton comes out. They have a little back and forth. Uh, Orton, who's apparently now completely over the great Kali, uh, screwing him out of his title because there's no reference to Orton and Kali, no RKO, no nothing, nothing to get him his heat back. Uh, just a random. Uh, Kali appearance, and then he's gone, and Orton's moved on to other things, apparently. I don't know. No, no, no. Not working. It's not working. I can hear you, but it's way overmodulated. Um, so Orton comes out and challenges uh, Rusev to a match at SummerSlam because that's one that everybody's been scrambling to see for a very long time, mm-hmm. um, except not at all. Uh-uh. So now the match is official. We have the Viper versus, uh, what's Russo's nickname? The
1: Bulgarian Brute.
3: There you go. Uh, Because, you know, everyone's got to have a nickname, pal. Yep. Uh, And that's at SummerSlam. And this probably means the Usos and the New Day off the card? (laughs) No, they'll be on the kickoff show. Well, you look at Raw, we're probably, the way it's playing out, we're looking at two tag team matches just from the Raw side with the title match and then probably the triple threat. It looks like we're getting from the Hardys and uh the club and um,
1: it's, like, it's like that it's like that wrestlemania when the uh, revival when, when ms orison fought the colognes carlito and primo to unify the tag team titles and it was a dark match oh who fought carlito ms orison what ms morrison they had a team name eminem whatever no that was no, the other guys that wasn't a team name what was it? I honestly don't remember at this point. Why could that not be a trivia question? <laughs> damn. It'll come to me eventually. Oh. Anyways, yeah, the the tag title unification being a dark match at WrestleMania.
3: Well, in any event, so yeah, Rusev, uh, Rusev gets his win back against Gable, and we set up the the match nobody wants to see at SummerSlam. Uh, a match that people, I think, do want to see, though. Uh, we we furthered the storyline between Bray Wyatt and Finn Balor this week. Um, Bray comes out and cuts another just rambling promo that I think nobody really understood what he was talking about. Uh, but it got interesting when the lights went out, and they started flashing red, and I thought we were getting the demon. Uh, because so, typically the red flashing lights signify the mm-hmm. demon. Rather than just Finn Balor, but alas, no Finn Balor. My wife was a little disappointed. No nope, demon, I should say, mm-hmm. was Finn Balor. Uh, my wife was a little disappointed, but then quickly got over it when they showed his abs. Of course. Uh, but strangely, just standing there, you know, uh, Raven style, arms out, waiting for Bray to hit him. Uh, Bray goes to sort of mocks him. Then go. What do you, why am I staring at Finn Balor's crotch?
1: <laughs> this is just. This is for your wife if she's watching.
3: Okay, right. I, I, My wife is, is a grown ass woman She doesn't get off on action <laughs> figures Evan. Anyway just the, a, just the action of this figure If you know what I'm saying <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, But yeah so then Balor hits the Overhead kick <laughs> Which I can't shit on Cole for Because apparently that's what Balor wanted him to call it and He didn't want him to call it the Pele mm-hmm. That's the story I've heard at least Oh, um, well, Pele! Yeah, the Pele hits, is AJ's both. Hits that and then hits the uh, the running drop kick, which apparently was so powerful it levitated Bray Wyatt in the air up and over the guardrail. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'm at, that's a program I'm actually looking forward to at SummerSlam, seeing those guys in the ring together. I would yeah. assume seeing the return of the Demon. I would hope so. Uh, so I think this is where we're setting it up for. I'm actually looking forward to this one. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I enjoy anything that Finn Balor does. So, and I'm still, uh, I'm still a fan of Bray Wyatt. So, I am, I am all for this, this combination, and seeing just seeing what they can do with each other. So,
3: yeah. Uh, all right, I'm gonna go ahead and say we can probably, in the interest of time, skip this next topic because I don't think anybody cares about Naomi and Becky versus Carmella <laughs> and Natalia. It's a thing that happened. Uh, Naomi and Becky win. Carmella doesn't cash in. Natty is pissed at Carmella for losing or blind tagging her or some shit. I don't know. Yeah. And apparently, it's uh,
1: Naomi versus Carmella on SmackDown next week. So, Yeah.
3: What I didn't. What we, I wasn't here last week to touch on it, and I don't think either of you did because, you know, I wasn't here to remind you. Uh, but on SmackDown, I thought Natalia cut a very good promo, which is not something I always say about Natalia yeah. by any stretch. Uh, when she made a point to say she had des- desecrated the championship and he, she'd made it turn into a toy and. You know she was going to restore true glory to that championship I thought it was a very well done promo by Natty whether it was just written well for her or she delivered it well uh, I thought it was good I don't remember okay
1: <laughs> I mean, it's my memory is not what it used to be
3: which uh, will take us to
1: our next topic, which is always one of Adam's favorite mm-hmm. parts of the show. So go ahead, Adam. I did. And I actually did get to see it because I did see the clip that they posted on Twitter. Fashion Peaks this week. The Twin Peaks uh, takeoff for the Fashion Police. Um, <laughs> Tyler Breeze is alone in the office. He's uh, trying to figure out who kidnapped Fandango. Uh, um, Deputy Dongo. Deputy Dango. Oh, Deputy Dongo. Um, what do we have on the on the bulletin board? We had Blue blue Velvet... Uh, velvet Blue mac, Velvet Blue McIntyre. Oh, there are so many... I just watched this like 10 minutes ago before we started. Well, more than 10 minutes because we've been doing this for an hour, but you know what I mean. Uh, and then everything turns red. Dongo is dancing weirdly, speaking backwards because that's... And then the Ascension appear out of nowhere to pour maple syrup on a on a log and uh smell a rose and prick fandango with a thorn while they all dance and laugh backwards and then it was all a dream
3: man but we are to believe that this was a hint as to who it was because at certain point tyler bree said i know who indeed. Kidnapped him indeed so it was uh
1: it was l- so clearly it was lumberjack <laughs> i was going to say adam rose but that works too
3: it is interesting i i hope I hope for the sake of entertainment that when we find out who it is, the maple syrup on the log and the rose and the thorn, it all makes sense. I hope so. Uh, Perhaps. Wait a second. Because I was trying to figure it out. The rose and the thorn, every rose has a thorn, was a song by Poison.
1: Yeah. So
3: perhaps it involves poison.
1: (laughs) So it's Tajiri or... (laughs) Huh.
3: Uh, I have to think on this. Yeah.
1: Log and syrup, syrup wood, maple, maple wood, maple wood. Oh, maple wood. There you go. Poison. Maple wood poison. Poison maple wood. Poison sumac. Poison oak. But it was poison ivy. Poison ivy kidnapped Fondanga. Figured that was 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 poison
3: maple wood the name of the milkman that came <laughs> and beat up Fondanga. <laughs> no, I don't think so.
1: But his, right, I'm still I'm still but, going with Lumber Jake. But his name was also Jake.
3: Whoa! There you go. Cousin Larry's from the backwoods. There you go. Country fried. WWE debut confirmed.
1: There we go. <laughs> and they didn't say anything on Sunday. Those bastards. Right. Uh. So
3: that leads us, and uh, these next two topics kind of bleed together. Uh, we had Alexa Bliss cut a promo on Raw, and I found this very interesting because, though last week Bailey wins the match to earn the shot at SummerSlam, yeah, again, yep. fucking
1: inexplicably, yeah, um,
3: Alexa comes on Raw this week and essentially cuts a promo on Sasha. Yeah,
1: she tells whoever what was it Renee or, or Dasha, or whoever that it was, was Charlie. Charlie, uh, I I've talked enough about Bailey. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> but that's your opponent. Uh, and then at a certain point, Bailey uh,
3: Sasha. I'm sorry, Sasha. Uh, Alexa says, "But you know, without, with Sasha being halfway across the country on a tour, there's nobody to watch Bailey's back." Apparently, nobody who wrote this script realized that on the WWE's Instagram, they posted a video of Sasha backstage with Charlie <laughs> that very afternoon. And it's interesting, and the only reason I really even know about this is because it's a quick tour. It was well. What happened was they did a segment where Charlie's kind of doing this just on the spot. Hey, this is going to be a great night for Raw. Blah blah blah, and then you see someone get up behind her from very pasty white person get up from behind her and walk across the screen, and she plays it off like she doesn't know what it was. And because of the pasty whiteness, a lot of people started circulating on on the internet that Paige was coming, making her return. Uh, later come to find out they're doing something with zombie, like a zombie line, and it was Sasha kind of made to look pale like a zombie to as part of that gimmick. But So we knew Sasha was there. Your own social media put that out there, and then the writers gimmicked that she wasn't in the building and she was halfway across the country. Just really poor continuity. On a tour. For, like the worst excuse. A tour for what? USO. Um. It was, yeah, it was just really bad, really poorly done. Uh, So then, so they they do that promo, and then they go to a match where Bailey faces Nia, and uh, Nia damn near kills her. Uh, Yeah. I haven't really seen a whole lot of the angle where she got, I saw it when she threw her down to the floor, which seems to be where the shoulder was injured. Yeah. I, I... it was very kind of cut it cut around the ring post, so yeah, I didn't get a great look at what happened there. I was hoping to get a look at a good angle of it.
1: Uh, yeah, they never, they never gave us a good angle of it on Raw. She, uh, Naya was trying to throw her out of the ring and ended up basically throwing her straight into the mat.
3: Yeah. Um, so I don't know whose fault that was. I know Naya's developed a bit of a reputation for you know, not being the safest person to work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in any event, Bailey gets the win and we'll have more on the Bailey story uh, later on in the news section. But uh, things are, are very interesting. It, it, put it this way. If Alexa went out and cut the promo on Sasha prior to Bailey getting injured, it's very convenient.
1: Yeah. <laughs> hmm. And it was weird because uh, Kogo Sean had actually posted in our host thread asking if the, the Bailey <laughs> injury was legit. And I said, based on the awkwardness of the 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 spots they did right after it, I thought maybe it was, but then the fact that they actually continued the match makes me think that it's not. But well,
3: no, I mean Triple H finished a match with a torn true. quad. It's that true. doesn't. They're, they're, these guys and girls are, are conditioned. You go out and you finish the match unless you absolutely can't. But the part, and I'll get to it in the news section a little bit more. But there was a. Uh, an article on wb.com regarding Bailey's injury during which the physician said something to the extent of well we'll know more next week <laughs> work right at that point all my smart alarms went off <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. yeah all right Did I just coin that phrase smart alarm? smart alarm I think we're gonna go I think I'm gonna count that as mine and run with trademark
1: it. <clears throat> uh and our final topic <laughs> Did the, God, what's the, the topic the very I simply titled AIDS Wins Again?
3: Cause unfortunately, AIDS always seems to win. <laughs> Unless you're Magic Johnson. Right. Or have a Magic
1: Johnson. Which makes you impervious. <laughs> or just a perv. Either way. Um <sighs> Yeah, was it it was Aiden versus Sami Zayn, correct? Yes. Yeah, what do we think about uh canellis losing at the pay-per-view losing this week on uh or last week eh. on smackdown than not being on smackdown at all this week except for i'm not
3: worried about it i'm not worried about it it's it, i'm not gonna jump on the hey they ruined him <laughs> uh yeah he suffered a couple losses it happens it's not a big deal plenty of people have suffered come back from worse so yeah just look at Sami
1: Zayn. hmm uh
3: exactly uh, Coco Sean says the zombie from WCW is returning finally no, no not quite the zombie
1: from ECW <laughs> yes the Yeti. more on right. that in the coming weeks on Nitro Mania um, <laughs>
3: <laughs> which whoever said it was not Kevin Nash I don't know who I forget who said that was it, some it was, it was no, somebody, somebody, somebody
1: in the chat room a few weeks ago yeah Yeah. Uh, it was Ron Reese yeah and is not on cagemash.net Oddly enough. Yeah. Anyway. <clears throat> yeah, so we uh, is that all we have to say is that AIDS always wins? That's all that's all right. Yeah, I, I don't know <laughs> if this is
3: some sort of renewed push for Aid in English. I if it is, it's just, you know, Vince trying out a new toy and then he'll quickly put it back in the toy box. Uh they did tie uh the Canelises, the Canelli. Um <laughs> Back into this thing by coming out and just saying they were glad Sammy lost. Right. Like, th- thanks for stopping by, guys. I guess I don't know. Uh, which is about as nonsensical as um, my boy Neville being in full gear with his hair wet, despite not working on match at all <laughs> this week. Um, no dark match, no nothing. I don't get the point of you that. Always got to be ready. It Always got to be ready. I guess. Uh, oh, speaking of the Canelli, uh, they made an appearance on this week's version of Up, Up, Down, Down, uh, which, if you have not seen, I encourage you to go check out just for Kevin Owens' um, little uh, cameo. I sent it to you on Twitter, Adam. Follow, check it, check your Twitter messages. Okay. Um, but yeah, there's a <laughs> there's a great little moment where they've got uh, Xavier Woods is playing. Uh, Wheel of Fortune with Tyler Breeze, and the loser gets cake smashed in their face. <laughs> um, but while they're doing it, they're at the arena, and they've got this big American flag kind of thing behind them on the background. And uh, a couple guys are in and out throughout the – Renee Young makes an appearance, and then Kofi, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then Kevin Owens just shows like, oh, up, oh, hey, Kevin. He's like, oh, you guys there. a flag here. I guess you, you don't mind if I just – and he picks up the whole set and walks away with it because <laughs> it's a flag. <laughs>
1: And, uh, because he like, is ah, the new face of america that,
3: that that's my set but oh, okay you're taking that no, it's just it <laughs> great i encourage you to go check it out just because of that i certainly will because kevin owens is a genius he is really but yeah. sadly based on the fact that he is back to the merch without the flag on it perhaps the era of the new face of america is officially over
1: uh,
3: sad although it was still on his titan drone so <laughs> who knows is that we don't? It's not really a Tron anymore because now it's all bendy and curvy.
1: Like a... yeah, I don't know what to call it. it doesn't because they don't even play the entrance videos anymore. So don't uh. have pyro. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go to Sal and see if there's anything we missed. I don't miss Sal. Oh. I'm just kidding. But
3: Sal's too good. To Guys, it's Sal,
2: and I got a little question for you. If somebody were to ask you the night after WrestleMania, what will be your main event for SummerSlam? Would anybody at that point have said that we would get a fatal four-way between Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, and Samoa Joe on one side and Shinsuke Nakamura Challenging Jinder Mahal for the WWE title on the other. No, nobody would have said that and everybody would have looked at you like you had six heads if you had even made that suggestion. However, here we are going into SummerSlam and we now have Shinsuke Nakamura challenging for the WWE Championship. Now a lot of people think he is going to win and Corbin's going to cash in on him. <laughs> I'm going to be a mark, and I'm going to say as long as he wins, even if it's for two minutes, I could get less, because then Shinsuke Nakamura was the WWE champion. But as much as I want Shinsuke to be the champ, I'm not sure if that's where they're going. It's a nice little match. I thought him and Cena had a great match on SmackDown, but I don't see Shinsuke Nakamura becoming WWE champion. On the other side of the coin, we get AJ Styles Kevin Owens. For the US title with Shane McMahon as the special referee all signs pointing to Shane versus KO at some point down the road now some things are not working during uh, in the wonderful world of the WWE like Big Cass I'm sorry guys but that match against the Big Show was boring and Big Cass is boring Can you imagine how worse this feel would be without any Enzo Amore involvement Speaking of boring, somebody please give Jason Jordan an edge, maybe, you know, a fire, a personality, something, because Miz was trying everything he could do to get that out of him, and it just didn't work. So, here we go on the road to SummerSlam. And what a fucking strange road it is. Talk to you guys later.
1: I think that, uh... That covers it then.
3: Coco uh, Shawn on the side says the Yeti is indeed on cage match. You have to search for Yeti instead of the Yeti. Oh well, that,
1: that was my issue.
3: Or perhaps you screwed it up by typing it as Yeti.
1: <laughs> no, I stupid me searched for the Yeti. All right. Uh, and Tron says I miss Sal, and that makes one of us. <laughs> all right uh, the discussion topic this week raccoon reigns wins again thank you AJ Styles and <laughs> has a discussion topic for us uh, I did put it in the uh, in the Google document so you've had time to prepare for this the women's division in WWE is going yeah, to be I just looked at pretty it, so. strong right now but who was your favorite diva from 2007 to 2012 ish you know that 2012 ish. Uh, basically the era when work work rate was disregarded and they just had a bunch of pretty faces holding the belt, and yes, you have to pick one. You cannot pass. Um, my pick for this actually came pretty quickly. Uh, that, so so let me just,
3: because, you know, as we've discussed, I'm horrible at years in terms of when stuff happened. I'm assuming, based on the framing of the question, that we're talking post-Lita and Trish, but pre,
1: like, AJ Lee. Basically, yeah, the, the the Divas era. The the Braun panties match. Well, I mean AJ Lee was a Divas champion, well, but I wouldn't. You know what I mean. Uh yeah, before before they actually brought in the women who could wrestle again.
3: Okay. Well mine comes to me easily too, yeah. so go
1: The first name that popped into my mind actually just speaking of them was Maria Canellas. Um hey. I was I was a big fan of hers. Uh even the even the the Dits gimmick that they gave her. Uh, especially when she was the judge in that trial of, on on Raw that time, and was suddenly smart all of a sudden, that made me laugh. Uh. Uh, I've always been a fan of Maria, so so she was uh, she was my pick right off the bat.
3: Yeah, if I had to pick one, mine <clears throat> mine would be Eve Torres. Uh, on top of the fact that, for my money, she is quite possibly the most stunning woman that's ever participated in a WWE ring. Um, she was one of the few that could actually put in, that actually seemed to put in the effort and wanted to get better uh, and could actually go, I mean she's, you know, running an MMA studio with her husband who's one of the Gracies at this point, so um, she she's very physical, she knows what she's doing in there, she had some, some pretty good matches especially towards the end of her run um, and was, like I said absolutely gorgeous, so
1: Yeah, yeah and then you had uh, all the ones that just were just there to be pretty. Your Tory Wilson's Well, in
3: your... well Tory Wilson was before. Tory Wilson was around in the trash time. Mm-hmm. Um But it, you know, if you want to include either Stacey Keeblers, Yeah. would be uh, in oh. that same kind of grouping. Kelly Kelly Rosa Mendez. Yeah, oh god, yes. <laughs> um, who else do we have around then?
1: Let me think. You had Gail Kim around that time. Yeah, Miss Kitty is too early because that was that was the 90s. But uh, who was it? Um, I'm blanking. Oh, Kogo
3: Sean said Maria barely ever wrestled. New answer. New and then corrected like himself you. saying that he actually just consulted cage match and it seems that Maria wrestled quite a bit more than he thought. Uh, and then he says Even, no love for Melina And Melina's another good one I was I was yeah. a big fan of Melina I, Loved that entrance And
1: also you didn't say anything about Raccoon Reigns didn't say anything about them having to wrestle Just who was your favorite yeah. diva So shut up That's my pick, alright uh, Yeah, I thought uh, I, I enjoyed Melina's entrance Certainly
3: um, yeah. There's uh, Maria Menunos Of the Shitty Pants
1: yeah.
3: <laughs> Of course I mean, during that era, you also had your, your Natalias come in, uh, where she developed a reputation of being such a good worker because she was in the ring with those guys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but your Beth Phoenixes were in that era as well.
1: Um, We've had this discussion on the show before. I know you're not as bi- a big fan of Beth Phoenix. I am a fan of Beth Phoenix. Eh.
3: Uh, uh, she, she can work, don't get me wrong. I was just never a fan of her, what she did in there, but she could definitely work. Glamorella
1: still makes me laugh
3: Ugh. <laughs> I'm trying to think of who else we had in that era uh,
1: oh who's there? Ashley Massaro yeah and Caitlyn K- Caitlin is Caitlin was an NXT kind of thing kind of came up with AJ Lee so I guess yeah, Caitlin could actually work too though I was, yeah. I was actually a, fan I was a big fan of Caitlin she needs to come back
3: Ashley Massaro J- JBL would be very happy if Caitlin came back <laughs> By the way, and I don't have it in the news segment, but uh, this past week, I don't know if you guys if you saw it, but there was a uh, stripper who apparently took to Twitter to basically uh, rip a new one to Enzo Amore. Uh, I did not see that at all. A poor experience. Uh, Enzo Amore stopped by her strip club. Uh, and apparently she had a bad experience with him, and she took to Twitter to let everyone know about it in a series of tweets, basically calling him cheap, saying he was looking for the black girls with the big booties, and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then during, at one point during Raw, Corey Graves made a line, something to the extent of, I hear Enzo's not a good tipper. So... <laughs> this has clearly gotten around in the locker room and then on on the episode of bring it to the table following raw uh, they discussed the notion that Enzo has heat and had to dress outside the locker room got kicked out of the locker room Uh, and JBL and Corey essentially confirmed that that was in fact true uh, and that you know Miz was really one of the only people that ever actually came back from that treatment so Mm -hmm. they don't seem very uh, optimistic perhaps for (laughs) Enzo's future
1: I enjoyed it. Are you the,
3: are, are you looking up Enzo Stripper? No, I story? was looking
1: at the I was looking at the gif of Kevin Owens. Um, uh, yeah. It's great, I, right? I enjoyed I enjoyed Bring It To The Table this week. I, I have enjoyed all the episodes of Bring It To The Table that I've watched. I know there are some folks in the host thread who are not a big fan, but uh mostly because of Peter just, Rosenberg, think, uh, but
3: Yeah. Yeah, I, I used to listen to Peter Rosenberg's show and even I can't do it anymore. It's just fucking horrible now, mm-hmm. but uh, since Shoemaker left, but go I check en- out the Masked Man show on iTunes. I
1: enjoyed that one of the topics this week was: Are there too many wrestling podcasts?
3: Um, yes, yeah, there absolutely are. <laughs> but what are you going to do? Sorry, we have no problem jumping aboard that gravy train. I'm fuck. I mean, well, people have be- been telling me that they've had enough of me for a long
1: time. Yeah, not stop me. I mean, we've been on this gravy train since 2011, so. There aren't a whole lot of podcasts that have been on longer than the rundown, so <laughs> but there are sure a shitload that are more popular. Hey, this is true, uh, <laughs> and I like that both Graves and JBL dropped Pritchard as the one as one of the few that they listen to.
3: Yeah, huh? Well, real tight on that. Mm. Um, so I think you know who doesn't you know who doesn't listen to the Pritchard show?
1: Who? <laughs> you. Not yet. I'm getting to it. Give me six years.
3: You know, once once the stuff the stuff is not evergreen, Adam. So <laughs> once it's you know two three years old, you can just delete it and forget it ever happened.
1: You, d- you don't you don't know me, man. Don't <laughs> don't talk to me like you know me. Uh, on that odd note that uh, I believe brings us to the news this week.
3: All right, I am going to attempt to get through this. I am still very stuffy from my cold, but we'll see what we can do. Uh, a couple of these stories, I think, were things that uh, I had grabbed for last week, but since nobody wanted to bother to do a news segment last week, I uh, saved them for this week because I thought they were still interesting. So, uh, there. <clears throat> There has been talk of doing another superstar shakeup after the SummerSlam pay per view, according to reports by PW Insider and The Wrestling Observer. The WWE had previously held a roster shakeup in April after WrestleMania. Uh, While it might seem early to do another one, the Observer notes that there is definitely talk of making a few roster moves in the fall. There has also been talk of sending one or more superstars from the main roster down to NXT. The moves from the main roster to NXT would be for talents that were major stars in NXT that Vince McMahon is simply not going to push on Raw or SmackDown, even if they are over, a.k.a. Ty Dillinger. Or talents who are doing nothing on the main roster with the feeling that they could be more useful as top stars in NXT. Uh so I guess that question then would become who if you were if you were booking the territory if you will <laughs> um who would you send down to NXT who do you think would benefit from a move down to NXT uh, and who do you think NXT would benefit from having
1: I don't like this cuz all these guys that I that I would think of would be guys that I enjoy having I enjoy the fact that they're now on the main roster um uh-huh you're Ty, Ty Dellinger's. your your I mean even maybe even a Sammy Zane uh, at this point he's not doing a lot um, I think Mike Canales
3: would be huge in the next oh game. yeah
1: certainly certainly Um, I think he could certainly bring up uh, uh, a Bob, Bobby Roode or a Drew McIntyre um,
3: yeah.
1: but Drew's got to have his title run first so <laughs> yeah <laughs> Killian
3: Dane would probably be ready for a run in the main roster
1: sure sure I would love to see what what the production would be able to do with uh, with Aleister Black's entrance on the main roster as well.
3: Is there a way we could parlay what happened to the Fashion Police this week to sanity? Can there be any way to tie <laughs> those together?
1: Well, wasn't it you that thought of the, the thing gets the, uh, the authors of pain this whole time? Yeah. So now you're switching. You're switching gears.
3: I don't know. I I said all along when I thought. They weren't gonna do it till after SummerSlam. They were gonna do it before after SummerSlam. Uh I didn't think it could be the Authors of Pain because I thought that would have to happen after Summerslam. But they're they're having sanity versus the Authors of Pain at the NXT takeover before SummerSlam. Yeah. Whichever yeah. one doesn't win the titles that night could very much sure. be the team called up. Sure.
1: I don't know. I mean there there certainly is a precedent for that, so. Um Yeah, I think I, I, I Yeah, I mean, I do think at this point, given what they have not done with him, I think uh, you know, you obviously, you mentioned that Dillinger would be would be, I think, better served going back down. Uh, give him an NXT title run, maybe at some point. Yeah, yeah, I feel horrible something. for him. I know I mean,
3: you're talking about a guy who got called up in NXT, never really got a chance to to do anything, and is now really almost a victim of circumstance. Because I think a feud with him and Miz would have been great, except Miz got moved to Raw right before Dillinger got called up, so yeah. it just kind of fell and ends up on the brand where the Mid-card title is being feuded for by two main event guys. Right.
1: Yeah.
3: I don't even know how you fix that. I mean... If only a famous WWE star had banged Dillinger's mom. <laughs> God
2: damn
1: it. I'm just picturing Ty Dillinger as the illegitimate son, illegitimate
3: son of the Ultimate Warrior. The way Kurt Angle was tossing jizz around the country that time of year, That back in the day, who knows who's... Although, I don't know if you saw it, there was this great photo of like Kurt Angle, his wife, and all of his kids, and Jason Jordan's there. I thought
1: they were all wearing the gold-blooded t-shirts. Yes. Oh, that was kind of funny. Uh,
3: anyway, moving on. Several Raw and Raw superstars met up with GFW wrestlers. Notice they don't call them superstars. Uh, at a bar after the July 17th Raw in Nashville. Uh, the Wrestling Observer Newsletter reports that Kevin, uh, sorry, Karen Jarrett approached Braun Strowman at the bar, but it's believed that Strowman had no idea who she was. Karen commented that Braun was one of her son's favorite wrestlers and asked for an autograph. Strowman was reportedly rude to Karen and may have sworn at her. This turned into a scene at the bar with Karen immediately cut a major loud promo on Strowman for blowing her off. While Karen was ranting at Braun, she mentioned that she was going to tell her son's father, Kurt Angle, about what happened. Strowman then changed his tune and said he would sign the autograph. Begging Karen not to tell Kurt or anyone else, Strowman also apologized. Karen said she was still going to tell Kurt, which led to Braun saying that he would get on his knees and beg her not to. Karen said she was still going to tell him what happened. Braun then got on his knees in front of a bunch of WWE talents and begged Karen not to. Karen said something to the tune of, you're acting like that because you found out that Kurt Angle is the father of my son. But even if he wasn't, Braun should not have acted like that to a mom who was trying to get her son an autograph. Uh, Braun said that she was right and he was sorry. Two more websites have confirmed that there was an incident between the two. However, there are conflicting accounts of what actually happened. PWI Insider followed up with their with their side of the story, saying that the two did have a conversation but that witnesses told him it was just two drunk people getting loud with each other and nothing else. Uh, PWI Insider also claims that Jarrett was the one that was belligerent towards Strowman, which caused him to lash out. Uh, Meltzer, who originally reported the story for the Wrestling Observer newsletter, said that Strowman may have sworn at her, and according to Voices of Wrestling, the alleged vulgar phrase that Strowman said to Karen when she asked for an autograph was, quote, fuck your son. <laughs>
1: Now, when this was first sent around in our host thread last week, I I, I questioned the validity, the veracity of this, uh, of this story. Uh, the two additional reports certainly don't help to clear the waters any. Um, but I, I still, I just don't, there's something about the, this that just does not ring true to me.
3: Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's always hard to tell with stuff like this, because you talk about people who are drunk, so you sit there and you talk about their personalities, and that's not how they are, but they're drunk, so who knows? Right.
1: And how, uh, and how do you remember that clearly, what happened when you were drunk?
3: Right. Uh, on the side, Kogo Sean says, what, no love for Candace Michelle either? And, yep, uh, a little bit of sugar never hurt nobody. Uh, and then says, uh, did the stripper have a bad experience with Enzo because she was grinding on him and he remained S-A-W-F-T, soft? <laughs> and I don't know, you would have to ask her. There's a picture of her on the, uh, on the whole article
1: that All, I found. Always with the puns.
3: Uh, Kyrie Sane, who is currently on the injured list after the WWE <clears throat> newcomer sustained a concussion during the Mae Young Classic tapings earlier this month, uh, sources with direct knowledge tell tell people that the former stardom ace and Joshi star is dealing with some neck pain, but officials expect her to be cleared for a return in early August. It is unclear which match the injury occurred on during or how uh, occurred during or how exactly how it went down. Uh, because officials have been told she will be get the green light next month because she's ready to go, uh, the injury couldn't stop her from. Re- oh, sorry, the injury shouldn't stop her from wrestling in September at the May Young Classic event for the finals Las Ve- in Las Vegas, Nevada. So they're doing a TV special. Mm-hmm. A lot of the women who hadn't made it to the finals will be competing in a showcase kind of deal, with, similar to what yeah. they did with the cruiserweights. Yep. So she will be involved in that. Good.
1: We know. Uh, Everybody gets a little skittish uh, around concussions, so uh, we do hope that she uh, heals up uh, heals up quickly and heals up fully. So.
3: Yeah, and uh, we touched a little bit about this earlier. Uh, John Cena has landed a role in the upcoming Bumblebee Transformers spin-off movie, according to The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, the movie is set in 1987 and focuses on the yellow and black Bumblebee. This is the first spin-off in what Paramount hopes will be a Transformers cinematic universe, which would include prequels and other offshoots. <laughs> oh, boy. The film is... Per- the film is produced by Michael Bay and Lorenzo D. Bonaventura. Bonaventura. We'll go with that. Uh, with executive producers Steven Spielberg, Brian Goldner, Chris Brigham, and Mark... These people are fucking with me. Va- varadian. Varadian. Sure, we'll go with that. Var- um, I'll say Varadian. Who knows? Sure. Uh, production began today or this week in California, and the movie will hit theaters December 21st of 2018. And this, to me, is interesting because... It uh, sounds like Cena kind of just landed this role. The movie just started filming, and now all of a sudden Cena's no longer in the main event picture of SummerSlam, which leads me to wonder if he's going to be on the show at all, if perhaps they're going to do some sort of an injury angle on SmackDown with him and Strowman. Uh, and that's why – not Strowman, uh, him and – Corbin. Corbin. And that's why they kind of pushed him off the card, off the main event part at least.
1: Perhaps. I mean, I would certainly I, – I would not uh – have any- if
3: you're the producers of this movie, right, and you've paid big bucks to have John Cena in your movie and you watch what happened in that Nakamura match to his neck, <laughs> do you want him wrestling another match while he's shooting this movie for you?
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I certainly would have no qualms with uh, with Corbin versus Cena at SummerSlam. I think that would be uh, a very good contest. But, uh, Except
3: they already gave it away on free TV and Cena beat him.
1: <laughs> free TV.
3: Um but, yeah, I mean, it's a—it's certainly a valid point. Uh, it looks like former WWE champion CM Punk may have his second MMA fight coming soon. Oh, and he's not
1: here with his theme song.
3: Uh, Punk's coach Duke Rufus of Rufus Sport MMA Academy made a post on his, on his Instagram that indicated Punk will be fighting soon. Uh, Punk made his MMA debut at UFC 203 in September of 2016, but quickly lost to Walter Waite Mickey Gall. UFC president Dana White spoke to the media following the fight and said, Punk probably should not have his second fight with the UFC. Uh, he probably shouldn't have his next fight in the UFC, was a direct quote. Uh, and then he said, just like I said with Brock, having your first fight in the UFC is tough. And you saw, even if it's against a guy who is and 2-0, this is a tough place to learn. Punk spoke with Fox Sports in January and insisted that he will fight again, saying, quote, I am working on it feverishly. I'm throwing names at Dana White, opponents, dates. I don't know if he's waiting for a Chicago show or what the deal is, but if it doesn't happen in the UFC, it will happen somewhere. I'm dedicated to fighting and training. We will get there. Uh, despite the Instagram post from Duke, another fighter he trains indicated that there is nothing to the post, but that Punk is training to fight again, uh, which, of course, leads us to the inescapable conclusion. Uh, fuck CM Punk. <laughs> Hashtag force Adam, your thoughts on another CM Punk fight? I mean, it'll there probably it be the next, the, the, the next time you watch an MMA match.
1: he <laughs> so. uh, did so well the first time. I mean... <laughs>
3: Now, would you watch a Brock Lesnar-John Jones fight?
1: Probably not. Okay. So it's just CM Punk you want to watch fight? I they, I was intrigued by the spectacles surrounding it. <sighs> Given how that one went, I don't know that I would seek out uh, the second one. But or was it just because of Buffalo Wild Wings? That may have also had something to do with it. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs>
3: Uh, we touched on this earlier, but there is a little bit more to it. Uh, Brock Lesnar versus Jon Jones UFC speculation continued after UFC 214 on Saturday night. Following Jones' lightweight title win over Daniel Cormier, wrote, Jones called Lesnar out in the middle of the octagon. UFC president Dana White later commented on the fight and said that it's fun to talk about, but it's not a reality. The WWE Universal champion responded to the call out with these comments to the Associated Press saying, quote, Be careful what you wish for, young man, end quote. Uh, On a related note, Becky Lynch versus new UFC women's featherweight champion Chris Cyborg may be in the works for the WWE SummerSlam pay-per-view. Cyborg called out Becky on Twitter this weekend before beating Tanya Evinger, who looked like a goddamn soccer mom, (laughs) uh, for the vacant title at UFC 214 on Saturday night. Uh, Becky posted a video on Saturday night taunting Cyborg, which led to the UFC champion tweeting a proposal for a match to Triple H.
1: Mm-hmm. They did talk about that on, uh, on bringing It to the Table. Uh, I, I don't know how those crossovers would ever work, because obviously the UFC would not want their champion to lose. And obviously well, the WWE. Well, well,
3: hold on now. Hold on now. If you're Dana White and you want a John Jones-Brock Lesnar fight, well, you say to Vince McMahon, hey, I'll give you Chris Cyborg for SummerSlam. You give me Brock Lesnar for November whatever at the guard. hmm. I could totally see that. I don't think Chris Cyborg has enough time to train for a match at SummerSlam at this point. True. So I think we can True. sort of throw that out. If that's going to happen, it's going to be later on down the line. Um, I still think the kind of uh, tete-a-tete, if you will, is going to be Ronda Rousey being allowed to compete at WrestleMania. But we'll see how that plays out, too. Mm-hmm.
1: Good uh, good kayfabe, by the way, the other week with them showing Ronda Rousey being so proud of to present that whatever ESPN award it was to Stephanie McMahon and them hugging and being friendly and happy well I mean it
3: was fucking two years ago dude <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> she almost tore her arm other.
3: off do you ever watch a UFC fight they beat the shit out of each other and then they hug at the end it's how it works
1: <laughs> are, are they gonna hug
3: yeah um but, yeah, did you uh, ha- have you seen any of Chris Cyborg's fights?
1: <laughs> Why do you ask questions you already know the answer to? I, I don't know what you've seen. <laughs> I have not. Like if I asked you, Have you
3: seen Dentary's penis? I don't know the answer to that question. I wasn't at that party. <laughs> okay. That would be an inside joke, that would be an extremely inside joke. Inside what is the question? Uh, I would <laughs> it would appear that Brandy Rhodes is gone from Global Force Wrestling. Uh, the promotion recently updated its roster section on ImpactWrestling.com, and she is no longer listed as an active knockout. She is also not listed in the alumni section since her profile was deleted altogether. Rhodes has not addressed her status with Global Force Wrestling. Rhodes, who joined the promotion last September, was last seen on Impact Wrestling in April competing in a knockout's number one contender, Gauntlet Battle Royal. Rhodes is now wrestling for Ring of Honor's Women of Honor division. She made her Ring of Honor Uh, debut last Saturday at a television taping in Concord, North Carolina where she teamed with Sumi Siaki against Mandy Leon and Jenny Rose. It was a memorable night for Rhodes since her husband, ROH World Champion, the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes, also wrestled on the show. She also paid tribute to the late Dusty Rhodes by wearing polka dots. Um, Is
1: she still garbage?
3: uh, Yeah, she's still pretty. Okay. Uh, the, the idea that the guys down in NXt look at these, pe- these these ladies and go you'd make a good ring announcer yeah is probably a good sign there's a lot of money in talented women who can wrestle so if they tell you that you're not one of those women probably a reason for
1: that-hmm take uh, the hint <laughs> i'm being uh, i'm being urged to vamp um, yeah, she wasn't even a good ring announcer. We talked about that many times on this show. He wasn't even. She's hot though. Yeah, that's all she's got going for. Yeah, eh, sometimes that's all you need. Eh, in Vince's eyes, mostly. Uh, WWE has announced that Bailey
3: suffered a right shoulder injury during her Raw match with Nia Jax. Her status for her match with Raw, uh, with Raw Women's Champion Alexa Bliss at SummerSlam is currently up in the air. <gasps> the WWE's full announcement goes something like this. Uh, during her match with Nia Jax on the July 31st edition of Raw, Bailey suffered an injury to her right shoulder. The former Raw Women's Champion was evaluated by medical personnel, but the official diagnosis was inconclusive due to the amount of swelling involved. Bailey has been told to rest her shoulder until next week, <gasps> at which point, <laughs> handy doctor just in time for next week's Raw, where we can find out. Uh, at which point, doctors are hopeful that be s- the swelling will have sufficiently gone down, because that takes a week, uh, so that she can be reevaluated and a firm verdict can be reached. Everything just tensed up around it, Bailey told WWE.com shortly after her match, or should I say WWE. Um, I've never had an injury like this before, so I don't really know what it is. I guess we're going to see. Uh, Dr. Chris Ammon CM Punk's best friend uh, told WWE.com, "We've determined the injury is shoulder-related, and it will be going for it will be undergoing further diagnostic testing later this week to determine the extent of the injury, and also establish a timetable for recovery. <laughs> Initial evaluations were inconclusive due to the swelling in her shoulder. Uh, Bailey's status for SummerSlam, where she is slated to face Alexa Bliss for the Raw Women's Championship, is up in the air." Bailey isn't the only WWE superstar to get injured recently while wrestling Nia Jax on Raw as Emma suffered an injury to her eye during their quick match and also got flattened like a fucking pancake. Yeah. I'm sorry the phrase
1: the, <laughs> the phrase the injury is shoulder related just made me laugh. Like no shit? She got thrown, I, she got thrown on her shoulder and her shoulder hurts? I could have sworn it was her knee shoulder related. All right. <laughs> the injury is shoulder adjacent
3: yeah and uh that is going to do it for <laughs> the news desk back over to Adam for the no never
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh it never gets old,
3: yeah uh, that, that one will probably have legs forever
1: rest in peace time traveling adam yes
3: uh but anyway, yeah, we talked about it a little bit my my take on this, my guess on this if I had <coughs> to put money on it, is that what they're setting up here is. Bailey is pulled out of SummerSlam due to her shoulder injury that is not a knee injury. Um, replaced in the match by Sasha Banks. Sasha wins the title. And then we set up Sasha and Bailey. Because Bailey's upset. Sasha took her turn and capitalized on it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera,
1: and hashtag bitches be crazy. Do you think this is another Seth Rollins knee situation where they had that thing that, oh, that looked bad. Let's run with it. Or... Maybe that would do you think that's maybe the plan all along? It's possible.
3: That said, if you go back and watch the match after the injury initially occurs, there's a lot of moves done by Nia Jax that are very damaging to a shoulder that could have significant injury to it. Um, I'm not sure that would have happened if it wasn't planned as part of the story. True. But yeah. who knows?
1: <laughs> it is Nia.
3: It's true. She could fucking kill someone. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, on that note, on that note of Bailey's shoulder-related injury, that does it for the rundown for this Wednesday, August second, two thousand seventeen. Four hundred and eighty-eight days since Asuka won the NXT Women's Championship. For a free audio book and a thirty-day free trial of Audible, go to audibletrial.com/rundown. Make me some money. Uh, Bruce City Wrestling returns Thursday, August 3rd. That's tomorrow. At the Wisconsin State Fair. For information, go to Bruce City dot com. Uh Lucky Pro Wrestling presents Summer Sizzle this Saturday at the Elks Lodge in Clinton, Massachusetts. That's a that's a great Elks Lodge. We have scheduled for that show. Oh, so much stuff here. Uh a special challenge match. Sweatboy versus Big Jim Anderson. If Sweatboy beats Jim Anderson, he will get three minutes alone in the ring with Mr. Brian Cairo. Also on the card, Cam Zagami versus Patrick Dalton. Uh the team of Adira and Isana versus Helen Vale uh, Helen Vale and Jocelyn. Uh in possibly no not possibly in his final match in Lucky Pro Wrestling. Uh, The team of Anthony Green, Ely Markopoulos, and, uh, and Christian Casanova take on the three horsemen of Scotty Slade, Mike Webb, and Donovan Dijak. Why
3: would it be Donovan Dijak's last match in Lucky Pro Wrestling? Uh,
1: I think he might be going to Florida for some reason, but I don't know that a he's allowed or? to talk about
3: it. Well, he might not be, but we are. It sounds, <laughs> by all indications, that uh, our good friend Donovan Dijak has officially signed with the WWE and will be starting at the Performance Center uh, very soon. He's finishing up the last of his independent dates and want to absolutely congratulate Donovan 100%. Dijak. 100%. Couldn't have it to uh, a, a better guy. Amazing talent. Had, a, had the chance to really <clears throat> work with him early on in his career at APW. Uh, where he was handed an interesting gimmick and ran with it and did an amazing job. And uh, always happy to know that Donovan Dijak's first appearance in a professional wrestling sense was serving beer to the Knucklebusters <laughs> at APW. So good on him, Don. Yeah. Good, good on Donovan absolutely, Dijak. Congrats. Absolutely
1: great guy. Um, just recently, this uh, just this past week, did a thing on Facebook for a buddy of ours, referee Kevin Quinn, uh, yep. who had some medical issues, set up a, face- a fundraiser on Facebook uh has still i think there's still like five days left on the thing and they've already raised over nine thousand dollars so good on uh good on die like i said couldn't happen to a to a better guy he's just one of the best one of the yeah. best in new england and uh we're very happy for him and i look forward to telling him that in person on saturday uh also on saturday the tag team champions the aristocrats tomahawk and zachary pierre bolu defending against the De hoods davy cash and chris pyro the new hard knocks champ brick mass stone defending against the dynasty beau douglas uh, Women's champion Davey N defy, defending against former NXT superstar Diana Perazzo. and the LPW title is on the line as the selfie made man Vern Vicalo subject of this week's rundown sit down uh, takes on uh, the Punjabi lion robo in your main event. That And not not a Punjabi prison man. No, right? thankfully. There's not room in the Elks Lodge of Clinton for a Punjabi no. prison, thankfully.
3: Uh, yes, and you touched on a great interview with uh, the selfie-made man, Vern Vicalo. I encourage you to go check out this week's rundown. Very, Vern touches on a lot of things. We talk about uh, his experiences uh, getting started in the business, the people closest to him, those who have helped him the most. Uh, one of the cooler things that I, I guess he's gotten to do is wrestling at the Gathering of the Juggalos. We talk about that a lot. Uh, his recent knee injury, his uh, relationship in LPW, his relationship with UFO and APW, and a lot of great stuff.
1: And a very interesting and enlightening conversation. And again, another one of just the nicest guys you could you could hope to meet. Uh, yeah. So check that out. That was put up on Monday. That is in our feed. Uh, another great interview.
3: Well done. Well done. Thanks, sir. Uh, more sit-downs. I saw keep- I saw you accepting thanks from other people for my interview. <laughs> that, was, that was nice. Got to get my shit in. Uh, That'd be like me accepting congratulations for Nitro Mania.
1: Because <laughs> yes, nobody says that.
3: I have that. fucking nothing to do with it, but you know, whatever. Steal your gimmicks.
1: whatever. It's cool. Uh <laughs> what are you doing on August twenty third, Jay? I'll be stealing. I'll be stealing your suit. Um, <laughs> I will actually be in Malden,
3: Massachusetts for UFO Wrestling's Big Bang 2017 as we return to the Malden Irish American Club on Wednesday, August 23rd. The doors will open at 7 p.m. for a special meet-and-greet. Tickets are $12 general admission. Reserved front-row seats were still available last time I checked uh, on advanced purchase only, and all other tickets are first-come, 1st serve. We have a great card as the UFO Heavyweight Championship is going to be on the line as Brian Malonis perhaps faces his biggest challenge in the form of Chris Dickinson, a very uh, well-known independent performer. Uh, we also have the UFO tag team titles on the line as Bo Douglas and Josh Briggs will defend against the cool people. We have uh, Teddy Goods versus Ilya Markopoulos in a match I'm personally very looking very much forward to seeing. Uh, we have the aforementioned selfie-made man Vern Vicalo taking on former Impact Wrestling star Robbie E. That's going to be a fun one. Uh, and just announced an intergender match. As pulling double duty that night, Josh Briggs will be in an intergender action, taking on Davian. We also have uh, Furio Falcone, Aaron Amadeus, Benny Jux, and much, much more. All available at UFOs Big Bang Theory, August 23rd. Big Bang, so 2017. <laughs> I don't want to get sued by anybody. Uh, August 23rd at the Malden Irish American Club. Come out and check it out. I will be in the house. No word yet, so I will not be on the rundown that night. So, heads up. Indeed. Uh, no word yet on
1: if Sal will be joining me for another UFO show <laughs> and then doing himself last time. He doesn't so. need his computer fixed, so. That's true. And then, three days after that, Atlantic Pro Wrestling returns Saturday, August 26th. At, Holy shit, I'm going to be busy that week. At right. the Boys and Girls Club in Salisbury, Massachusetts. Uh, more on the Road to Royalty tournament, I assume.
3: Yes, we are continuing the road to crowning the first ever king of
1: Atlantic pro wrestling. Nice of, uh, nice of Hunter Ward to show up. Uh, <laughs> <and then laughs> Saturday, September 9th, is the return of uh, Liberty States uh, wrestling at the John McCarthy Elementary School in Peabody, Mass. Uh, and then Elkmania presents Elkmania 5 on Saturday, September 23rd. Elks! Oh, ah! Fire at the Beverly Hills Lodge in Beverly, Mass. Uh, that is all of our gimmicks coming up. Follow us on Twitter at Rundown Podcast. Send us feedback, please, to Wrestling at gmail.com. Did you do Bruce City Wrestling? I did. Okay. Tomorrow night.
3: Okay. Did you do whatever that one Andy talks about is?
1: SCW? No. Uh, I'm not going to look it up. Uh, leave us a voicemail on the hotline. B Lake South, 617 863 6967. Does that stand for Seth Eats Crepes with Walnuts? <laughs> I doubt it. No. Uh, that is 61 Rundown 7. Does Scott.
3: Well, I know him and Andy have pancakes. They do every week. So
1: every week, no matter where he is on tour. Sometimes they do it via Skype. Uh, 61 rundown seven to leave a voicemail on the hotline. Uh, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rundown wrestling, watch archived episodes at youtube.com slash rundown podcast. I just went through this week and, uh, on the quest N network site replaced all the dead podomatic links with actual MP3 files of the old episodes. If you want to go back through the archives on quest network.com, you can listen to all the old episodes there, at least all the old ones that have been posted since we started quest network.com. Uh, if you want to make a donation of the monetary variety, go to paypal.me slash rundown wrestling. Cost me 10 bucks a month to host this on Potomatic. If you want to help with that, it would be, probably more soon. It would be greatly appreciated. Uh, um, Troy keeps adding stuff to your feed. <laughs> Check out all the shows on the Questionable Endeavor Network. we got ShadowVane.net. Uh, we got ShadowVane Tuning Japanese, the Raw Attitude podcast. Uh, as I think I mentioned earlier, it might have been before we started recording, but I don't think it was. Henry Hugepex just joined me last night to record an upcoming episode of the Nitro Mania podcast where we cover Halloween Havoc 95 and the Nitro following. If you're one of the people who is not happy with the fact that Nitro Mania is currently only about 10 minutes per episode, this one...
3: <laughs> it's the incredible shrinking podcast okay <laughs> the first one was like 19 minutes and we're like oh you no know, quick and the well, next one was like 16 and then it was 13 and this
1: week it was 10 every <laughs> week it's gotten shorter and shorter well episode 10 coming up on uh, in 5 weeks or so here is 2 hours long so uh that'll that'll keep you busy uh talking about halloween havoc and the monster truck sumo match uh, also check out the Slasher Sanitarium, the Pwn Stars, New Blood Rising, Words of Geekdom, everything available on com. on Twitter, at questendnetwork. And enter a contest to win a $25 uh, Amazon.com gift card by going to com slash Discord, joining us on the Discord channel, and filling out the survey on the contest channel. Uh, Are we eligible for that prize? We're or? not. God damn. I know uh check what about my son i don't know you'd have to check with andy uh... you'd have to check with andy for the legalities on that um check out our buddies uh, brian malonis and mike crockett on the wrestling podcast about nothing facebook.com slash w p a n. always a quality program over there uh you can search for us on iTunes, just ignore that noise, on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean, or Podomatic under the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. If you subscribe, you get the podcast delivered to you absolutely free each and every week for 0 cents. 0. If you cannot afford a monetary donation, please leave a five-star review on iTunes because that helps other people find us. Uh, if you leave a text review, we'll read your name and your review at the end of a future episode. I
3: apologize for that disgusting display. I just I don't have a <laughs> cough button. And, you know... <laughs> Like I said, I'm still playing hard, So, Thanks. It's the price you pay for having me on the show and not having Andy on again.
1: <laughs> well, at least people actually showed up in the chat room this time. Last week, uh, our buddy Matt Riley showed up last week, saw that you weren't here and Sal wasn't here and left immediately. So that's, uh, <laughs> that's a thing that happened. I told you I equal rated Adam. I don't know what to tell you. Sorry. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to everyone in the uh, in the chat room, Kogos, Sean, and Tron, and Matt. Uh, thank you. To, Andy was in there. Oh, and Andy too for two seconds yeah. to plug Shadowbane. Uh, thank you,
3: Jason. Thank you, Adam. And uh, allow me to take this second to send a message out there. Uh, if you're if you're one of those people and you're feeling a little bit uh, depressed, uh, you feel like nobody cares. That there's nothing. Uh, nobody nobody cares, and, and no, you have nobody to talk to, and you're thinking of you know doing anything to yourself or anyone else I want to just encourage you to uh, plug up your asshole with some poetry by going to (laughs) tinyurl.com slash distanthorizons
1: well that took a turn Uh, (laughs) thanks to Ray Williams for the logo and thanks to iFightDragons at iFightDragons.com for the theme song next week I, it's,
3: I'm, wait, I'm confused. Am I not supposed to plug Andy's stuff here? <laughs> I thought well, that's what we were doing.
1: I don't think Andy wants I, you to plug anything of his, but uh, that's, that's just his own personal preference. Uh, it's, it's not even time for SummerSlam predictions yet, so I don't even know what we're going to do next week. But until then, as always. I hear I, I hear tell that there might be something special next week. Oh, yeah? I'll yeah. Look, be on the lookout for that. Bree? So Go fuck yourself
3: It's not very nice
1: It never is eh, maybe That's why
3: nobody likes you And they don't want to come on the show unless <laughs> I'm here Because I don't tell them to fuck
1: themselves At the end of every episode It's tradition I mean it in the most loving way possible what, what, what more fun can you have than fucking yourself This is why people didn't want to help you find your suit
3: <laughs> I'm just saying Perhaps you should use this
1: As a learning opportunity
3: Yes a teaching point. moment Adam <laughs> you know somebody might have gone back down and looked there for you if you weren't constantly telling them to go fuck themselves <laughs> maybe you have heat and you didn't even know it from, from telling people to go fuck themselves maybe people are sitting at home boys who are in the locker room I don't know anybody you know Smathers sitting there he's got his wiener in his hand he's going to town on himself listening to the show and You know, just as he's about to come, you tell him to go fuck himself, and it ruins the whole thing. that's what
1: he was already doing.
3: Then he's soft, and now the whole experience is ruined. He's got to blow out the candles, the whole deal. All because you told him to go fuck himself. Because he was doing it anyway. But he doesn't need to beat him over the head with it. Probably feels dirty enough doing it. And I don't mean (laughs) to single out Smathers. It could be anyone playing with their wet pecker during the show. Pushed a weird turn. I mean, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I haven't done it. I'm pretty sure that's why Adam shut off the show twice
1: tonight. You know. <laughs> I was wondering what that rhythmic thumping was. Anyway, yeah. on that note, <laughs>
3: take care, boldly faces. I can't even say see you next Thursday now. and See you next Wednesday doesn't well. spell anything dirty. You really fucked me with this whole time change.
1: For the, the people for thing. the people who only listen, if you can say see you next Thursday cuz it'll post on Thursday. So Okay, I'll see you next Thursday. All right.
2: Bye-bye.
1: The Rundown Wrestling Podcast is produced hosted, and barely edited, if at all, by me, Adam Salzer. And this week featured Jason Stewart. Special thanks to Sal Cheka for his participation as well. We are a proud charter member of the Questionable Endeavor Network. Check out all of our shows, including our other wrestling shows, the Raw Attitude Podcast and the New Blood Rising Podcast, plus articles, Twitch streams, and more at questandnetwork.com. And be sure to tune in next week for an all-new episode of The Rundown
2: Wrestling podcast.